This episode of Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters. You've heard us mention them on the podcast before, and if you're in Fairbanks or you're going to be coming through Fairbanks for a fishing, hunting, or camping trip, it's a great place to stop and get what you need. It's a locally owned Fairbanks business that I've been shopping at since I came up here, and really it's the type of sporting goods store you would hope to find in a place like Fairbanks. They've got a ton of hunting, fishing, trapping, and camping supplies, including backpacking meals and stoves, clothing, real rain gear, good footwear, including mountain hunting boots like Loa, rubber boots like Extra Tufts and Lacrosse, and they also have a great selection of guns, ammo, shooting and hand-loading supplies, and even muzzle-loading stuff. Now, they also carry a wide variety of fishing and dip-nating equipment to tackle just about any fish Alaska has to offer. In Century Hardware downstairs, you'll be able to find a big selection of marine, snow machine, and ATV supplies like ramps, hitches, gun boots, um, good gas jugs, not the junk you find everywhere else, and all sorts of odds and ends for your boat or anything else you could need, and of course, whatever hardware you might find yourself in need of. In fact, it's one of those stores that you'll usually end up leaving with more than you planned on buying because they're really good at finding and stocking things that you just didn't realize you needed until you saw them. Frontier Outfitters is located in the Gavora Mall on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, as well as Century Hardware out in North Pole. It's a great store, so next time you're gearing up, get on down there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, and I have verified that I am recording because uh, tonight's main guest, other than Dr. Frank Schultz, last time we tried to do this, we talked for, what, half a fucking hour, and then it's like, oh, sorry, guys, I'm not recording. It's not the first time that's happened either. Well, that was the first time. There may have been like one, there was one other time with you, yeah. Yeah. So, a couple times anyway. Jason Franklin, welcome back, man. Thanks. It's good to finally catch up with yeah. you. Good to be here. Yeah, you're one one of about like, I don't know, there's a lot of people that I'm like, God, need to freaking have them on or get back on and, I don't know, just life. But how you been, man? Good. Good. Yeah, it's uh, always busy with work, you know, so I anytime, anytime I can get out to hunt, I... Actually, feel pretty fortunate. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did actually run in. I don't know if you, if I was telling you, Frank, I ran into him on Angel Rocks. Oh, right. Or on. when we nice. took kids hiking, you guys were doing being good sheep hunters and getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 try. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I for us. It's I don't know. Kind of a a lifestyle, I guess. We oh, just yeah. try and stay stay in shape. Oh yeah, what's well, yeah freaking something fun to do too, and it helps you right. guys live pretty. You guys don't live too far from there either, so that's kind of nice too. Yeah, that's that's a big. If we had to drive all the way out to the hot springs to to hike, I don't know if we'd we'd be yeah. doing it as much. <laughs> but I mean, out here when I lived out in Esther, I mean, I was on Moose Mountain quite a bit. And yeah, that's got some yeah. pretty good hills. It does. That's that's a quad burner. I've never hiked them, but <laughs> I see them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say that there's some pretty good inclines there. Well, even this road back here is a pretty good one yeah. to walk. No shit. I keep telling yep. myself, ah, you need to do that every day. Just walk down to the road and back. Good luck with that. Good luck with that, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I guess, I don't know, it made me think, speaking of Angel Rocks, you probably hear like some pretty 
there's some pretty like comical stuff that you overhear on there, like like oh, this is pretty treacherous or whatever, you know. Go <laughs> even just that day, you know, there were several people like, oh, be careful, this is kind of a dangerous spot in the trail. I went up there this summer, and people were like, right when you get to the first tours, the lowest tours yeah. there. Carrie and I came around the corner right there, and they're like, is this the top? And I was like, well, the trail continues up. And they're like, well, how far is it? And I was like, well, I don't know. Once you're here, it's it's not really all that much further no. to get to the last tour yep. there. I don't know. Well, and then we walked off, and you could hear the people being like, you know, we really should get back. We left them back there. Like, <laughs> just any friggin' excuse to not yeah. go another quarter of a mile. Yeah. It's like, really, it's not that far. <clears throat> yeah, what? I mean, just like 150 yards or a couple hundred yards, probably. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's steep at the end there, but it's not far, yeah. you know? And I mean, like, yeah, you throw a bunch of weight in your backpack, but you can you can make it a, a tough a tough climb. But my, my two-year-old walked all the way up there. Right. So we're... Just to put it in perspective, but it's pretty funny. Y'all, sometimes years past, you know, hear jingle bells freaking coming up the trail. Oh yeah, look out for the bears. Yeah, the All thing the that GIs I was have pistols. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that always gets us is the perfume. You know, oh, you're yeah. you're out there hiking and you pass a bunch of people, and yeah. it's just it smells like a department store kind of cruising by you. Yeah. Yep. Yep, good old, mm-hmm. good old Angel Rocks. But uh, so yeah, man. I mean, I wanted. Well, obviously, like one of the my only interest in having you back is to hear your sheep story. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get that and get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So it looked like you guys had another freaking. You guys usually do pretty good, and looked like you guys had another awesome sheep hunt this year, huh? We did. Yeah, this year. Um we took Erica's son, Ethan, so he's my stepson, mm-hmm. and he's 17, and um, boy, we just, we had a, a just a phenomenal hunt. I mean, it was one of those hunts that really, I mean, dreams dreams are kind of made out of. If, if you imagine the perfect doll sheep hunt, that was it. I mean, we didn't. We didn't kill on opening day, so we got to hunt a couple extra days. You know, it wasn't just bang, mm-hmm. done. The weather, we had just enough rain to kind of make it real, keep it real. And um, the a long hike, you know, it was another yeah. another mm-hmm. ram 14 miles from the truck. A little, so. little bit of suffering involved. Yeah. yeah. What Frank was telling, I mean, you, were, you brought up, you know, when we were out there. It's like, yeah, there's not, it's like, not like there's anything wrong, you know, with unsuccessful trip where you go and you don't get one, but like, there is a certain element of suffering added when you're, when you're packing a sheep out that really adds a little flavor to the experience. It, it does. Yeah. I mean, and that was the hardest thing to try and convey to a 17 year old teenager who is bulletproof, invincible, stronger than God. Yeah. (laughs) You can be like, here. Some guys take the whole sheep out themselves. Why don't you just carry this whole thing for a little while and tell me how it feels? Well, that that was our sort of that was our talk throughout the summer. Was are we going to try and double up? Is is uh, you know my wife Erica going to try and try and shoot one this year? And mm-hmm. and so we we discussed it actually quite a bit. And you know as as we got closer and closer, 
the uh, the memories began to come back more and more of what it's actually <laughs> like. And I always forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we we decided just if we could actually shoot one sheep, that would that would make all of us more than happy. So right on. That uh, that was our goal. So did three of you went. Yep. So right all on. all three of us went. Yep. And that was that was also pretty cool because you know having seeing seeing Erica and her son there for the whole thing. You know, all three of us were together throughout the whole time, and so it was really pretty pretty special. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and for a little bit of context. The whole reason, like we, I met, I met Jason. I think we talked about that in the podcast before, like a couple of years ago. But uh, through Frank, who saw your, you, because Frank, you, you know, seen every cheap on video on YouTube yeah. since the dawn of time, <laughs> and and you know, and your YouTube video was like, I just remember Frank being like, "You got to watch this. It's kind of long, but you got to watch it. It's the best sheep hunting." You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, and he was right, and so I mean, that's and then he ran into you and. Then did you? He, I can't remember how. Yeah, you emailed or yeah. Me, so I emailed like you. That's right. Yep. Okay. And then I was like, "Holy shit! Yeah, this is the dude." So yeah, they were just they were talking nor'eastern, northeastern. Yeah. You got a couple lingo. of couple of Vermonters couple on of, your couch yeah. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we figured we'd get the white tail and log and talk out of the way before. Yeah. Before the podcast. But yeah, so that's the context. I and I remember that video. It's like you know, <laughs> it reminds you know talking about suffering, sitting in the tent. Need to fucking brush my teeth, and I need some Copenhagen. And <laughs> that's just I smell like, the it smell. smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's such a good video. You're like then you're like side note. I do have a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just there's so many just little things that you edited in there, like kept, you know. I'm sure that you did a lot of editing. You filmed a lot. I did. You know, I, I used almost all the footage that I actually took. I mean, there, yeah. there was a bunch of stuff that that was just kind of garbage. I mean, I mm-hmm. I got lost because on, on that hunt, I came down. I don't exactly know what happened in the dark when I went after the ram. Yeah. And so when I came down that face, I I don't I don't know where I I didn't know where I was. Mm-hmm. And so um I climbed all the way up out of that out of that basin and got to the top and it was way too steep to go down the other side, so I had to go all the way mm. back down to uh. the bottom and I mean, I'd already been going for, I don't know how long. It was a long ways up and out of there. And I sat down in there and literally I had like a half a bag of snack left and I was still three miles from my tent. And I'm just like, oh my God, what, what am I going to do? Like I'm really beginning to just fade out here. And so I would hike a little farther and I would just hit absolute fatigue Yeah, and I'd lie down on the ground and curl up in the fetal position and shiver for a while, eat a handful of snack and I'd feel life come back into me. I'd stand back up and I'd keep going again. And so a bunch of that stuff I left out cause I was just delirious and not making any sense. Whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh but boy. May have to do a director's cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put yeah. that stuff back in. <laughs> 
but no, the uh, good yeah, video he, for sure. Not to get not to get you sidetracked. Well, you know oh. the 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 filming is a whole nother the whole nother. It's just a whole nother deal. It's a oh, whole it is, nother yeah. commitment. And you know, this year I I brought the camera and and so it's I find it's a lot easier to film if it's just me or someone else who is like really into the idea of filming. Yeah. And so trying to film people who don't know what it is you're even doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a producer. I don't have this grand vision of what you know, I I don't want to make just another hunting video necessarily of And right. if you did have a grand vision, like your hunting trips don't fit your vision, it's kinda of, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because nothing's ever as you plan it on a hunting trip. No. Not ever once. No. And so I've <clears throat> I've kept filming and I, I actually went and kind of got some some pretty good pretty good gear really. And I've gotten a lot better at it, but I've stopped like I I'm not good at trying to put a scene together Mm -hmm. or something like that or you know it just doesn't feel right because i'm with my wife and and my son and it's like geez i don't you know when when we're sitting there having a great conversation that's about the last time i feel like pulling the camera out yeah and that's the stuff that kind of captures the the qualities of that particular hunt and so you know, this one, I got some good footage of the sheep and I got the kill shot on film and got some nice stuff around camp and got some shots, but there's there's no there's no congruent yeah, story yeah. in there at all. It's just a bunch of footage and mm-hmm. you know, after I made that film, I made uh, a little moose hunting film after that and then for 2 years I didn't really carry a camera. Yeah. Because well, you know, I find like you kind of get burnt out on it if you're yeah. you, like the hunt if the hunting is what you like because mm-hmm. we did it you know for one year pretty hard or a couple of years you know like we were putting like like run down here and put a camera mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you're like walking around twice as much as you you know to yep. get good footage you yep. also have to walk twice if not five times farther. Than yep. you would have if you're just walking and not filming. Yeah, yep. and it helps to have you know like that camera, the, the image stabilizer that I got. Like you know, we could get away with. We just have it clipped on a bino harness. Whoever's mm-hmm. like kind of on the camera. Yeah, but uh, and it's 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 not bad. Like it's cool if you're like, all right, you know, we're gonna like this is kind of a priority. Like we're gonna do that this right. and film as much as we can. But it like it does burn you out, and it, it's like freeing to not have to even think about it if you don't want to you know completely i mean it's you're worried about batteries you're worried yeah. about rain you're we weren't worried near enough about batteries this year <laughs> because we decided we were gonna film the whole hunt and uh we didn't get a single fucking clip <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a single like one zero filming and then when it was like i was like okay well these there's gonna be two dead rams here in a little while you got the camera yeah well i should check it out Oh, the batteries that work are in the tent, and we don't have any. Well, batteries. yeah, for some reason, I it must have like popped on or something because it yeah dead batteries dead, and I yeah but whatever, it ended up where we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have been able to. I would have got I would have got yeah. your shot in it, but we yeah. would have been. I like to think we would have been robbed of the whole the whole gunslinging experience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And I that's mean, just it too. You carry a camera around, you know. It's such a commitment. Yep. Yep. I mean, you have to be willing to be like, I'm here for all of this, not just a part of it. 
and you have to put the camera in front of the rifle, basically, yeah, for it to turn out well. And in this year, I was kind of thinking that that might actually be a possibility. And then as soon as we pretty much like left the truck, it was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of still guiding, facilitating this whole hunt, and it's like. I, I, I need to be on my game. I mean, I we got to mm-hmm. just be thinking about stuff. And if my yeah. mind is thinking about trying to capture footage, it's not going to... The hunt is not probably going to turn out as good as if I'm just thinking about hunting and not yep. not right. filming. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, we, we got out there and um, the first... The first night was fog and rain and so i kind of do things ass backwards i'm usually so excited on the night before the season the ninth because this this particular spot allows for great glassing and so yeah we usually go up with about three liters of water a day two days worth of food a cover and then i'll just spend as much time until we run out of food or run out of steam or whatever. So we might be up there for a day, a day and a half on top of the mountains, just running the tops, checking all the basins, looking down through. And and so usually the night of the ninth, I'm taken off at, in the afternoon or 8 o'clock at night, just going, mm-hmm. let's let's go. There's only a few hours of kind of darkness to, to deal with. And, and then I'm up there in the morning. So we... we didn't do that this year just because of the weather, but sitting there like a couple miles farther up the valley on the same peak where we shot the 40, mm-hmm. there's two rams up there. And I, I couldn't tell what they were from, from that distance. And so I was like, okay, cool. At least there's something out here. And so the first day we went up and we ran four, three and a half miles of, of mountaintops and there was nothing where we always find find rams. And so that first thought begins to go through my mind of like, uh-oh, did something happen? Was it a bad winter? Did a wolf pack? I mean, there wasn't a fresh track, no fresh fresh droppings, nothing. And I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know, it's it's a late spring. Maybe they're not quite moved in here yet, which doesn't matter to me because I don't know where they winter. I don't know where they come from. I just know they're usually... In that area. Kind of in this yeah. valley that's eight miles deep, something like that. And um, so we came back down, and and this year was a little bit different. One of the things that, um, geez, I, I'm probably as proud of as anything is our food. So Ethan's on a little bit of a, like a nutritional diet. Mm-hmm. This year, I just wasn't feeling good all winter, all spring. And I was like, oh my God, something might actually be wrong with me. I think I need to go get some blood work done. And so I've got uh, leaky gut syndrome, which I'm sure swallowing Copenhagen juice for 20 years doesn't help. <laughs> so <Jesus. laughs> I'm basically on a on a vegan diet except for I can eat meat. So dare. we don't need a puppy pad on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> so our food, you know, we couldn't we couldn't do Mountain House. Oh, We've kind yeah. of so tried to get away gluten free, dairy free. Yep, all of it. We uh, whey, wheat, everything, and 
So so meat and what else can you eat? Uh, fucking rice. Ooh. Like anything I mean, so, green, obviously. Well, all my green foods need to be uh, either cooked Holy or shit. blended. So no it's raw. all about no. You're not raw. getting a breakdown, and no. it's not breaking down no. in you. No and shit. So it's like this whole gut building. <clears throat> Huh. sort of system that I'm kind of in the middle of right now. I'm yeah. reaching the tail end of it. But all summer we were we were like, okay, what are we gonna do for food this year? And yeah. So I mean we ordered freeze dried vegetables back in July. We still haven't gotten that. Oh, you know, I mean the whole pandemic's yeah. just got yeah, everything right. fucked up. Everybody was like fucking order, order, order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we ended up having to dehydrate all of our own food. And so we made all of our own meals, and we stuck to our kind of dietary nice. needs while we were out there. But um, so Ethan, Erica's son, he uh, oatmeal. I can eat oats and shit like that, which is okay. just a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah. But um, he he kind of had a bad day, so we took the second day off. We just moved our tent mm-hmm. farther up the valley, and I said, well, let's – the day after that, let's go up and check out the other side of the valley where we saw the two small ones. And we'd never seen any sheep on that side of the mountain or mountains on, on that yeah. side. And so we said, well, I've always wanted to go up there. Let's let's just go begin to explore some new country. Let's, let's branch out a little bit. And so we uh, left, left camp the third day, hiked up. And I don't know, probably about two, three, two, three in the afternoon, I just caught a glimpse of those two rams in this tiny little saddle. And I just saw them like just walk a glimpse of them walking away from us. And so I said, grab the scope. And we grabbed the scope and set it down. And I mean, they were just gone before I could even get the scope on them. And I said, okay, we are going right over there. And so it took us about two and a half hours to get to where the rams were standing and we got over there and we said okay and we kind of checked everything out and we said all right we can we're going to shoot down here and we're just going to cover everything so they can't get by us cuz mm-hmm. one of them I knew wasn't legal the other one even even from uh, a few days ago it was like there's something weird about that ram i need to get closer he looks heavy but i can't see his tips yeah and so I, I just needed to get within, let's say, a 1,000 yards and study them up. And mm. and so we we kept going after them. And so as as we were up there, we were trying to just sort of kind of cover some ground a little bit across this one basin. And we didn't stay up on top because I wanted us to stay out of, out of sight. And so we're right in the middle kind of traversing across this basin and I looked down behind us and there's nine sheep bedded down right in the bottom. And I was like, oh, man. there they are. Just, I mean, they were right below Did us. Did you think you caught the tail end of them going over or was the two different rams? Yeah, so I was just going to ask the same thing. Yeah. Were they all together? I don't think so. Nope. <clears throat> so I did end up getting to watch the rams. You know, we when we first saw them in the saddle, they kind of disappeared and then I saw him for probably about 30 seconds to a minute just on a dead walk away from us. And, and I was kind of wondering, like, man, did we did they catch us? Did they see us? You know, but rams are so funny like Start that. Start playing those, those uh, mind yeah. games. Yeah, but, yeah. You're like, exactly. oh, they, they left the country. We spooked them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Two miles away, they saw us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so 
you know, immediately I just like froze and was like, oh my God, there they are, probably 800 yards right below us. Mm-hmm. And that's like it's... such a good distance to look at, to look them over, you know? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Totally fantastic. And, and so it's, it's just such a nice spot because the mountains are still plenty, plenty rugged, but you can spend most of your time up in the tops with a little bit of scrambling here mm-hmm. and there and, you know, the only thing I don't like about that is that any corner, you could just walk right into them. So when you're mm-hmm. up there, it's really slow going because yeah. you just, boom, there they could be at 40 yards and now they're gone. You know, yeah. it's it's over. So, um, you know, so I we sat down and we glassed them all up. And, and I think we did kind of get picked off maybe by a slightly... One of the, it was probably like a half curl, something like that, because he just started walking towards us. Sounds about right. (laughs) It's always the little ones, you Mm -hmm. know? And so that little guy just kept walking towards us, and he stopped, and then he bedded down, and he's just staring right at us. And so we just sat there, and, you know, the whole time, he wasn't acting all funny or anything like that. But so I was just able to glass up all the rams. They were just bedded down with their heads down, and so... What I think we saw, the two rams, was there was two rams. There was a group of seven together. Mm -hmm. And then there was a half curl. And then there was one that was broomed. And that's what I think I was seeing was the half curl and the one that was broomed. Because they were bedded probably 80, 60, 80 yards away from the main group of seven Mm -hmm. and facing the complete different direction. Okay. And so that would make sense from from a distance why he looked heavy. Right. And that's the first broomed ram I've ever ever actually seen in in the mountains. Oh, man. Was he heavily broomed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was a stud. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as (laughs) I saw him, I was like, oh, baby. And, uh, but there was... There was another one, and so the broomed ram and the one we shot were the only two legals based on curl. Now I yeah. wasn't counting rings or anything yeah. like that. I don't, uh, I don't feel I'm qualified to count rings. So there was, you know, one that was just obviously full curl, beautiful ram, and and so we sat there for probably 45 minutes to an hour, and they all kind of got up and and our uh, the the big. Big full curl. I mean, he was flared out. He was just a real pretty, mm-hmm. yeah. pretty ram. And so he started feeding up the hill. And I said, "This is fantastic. Now we can make our move. We can get out of here." And so we made our move. We got up top and we dropped our packs, moved down in towards the rams. And and I wasn't sure what was actually down in there for for cover. So we kind of stopped for a few minutes. And I started ranging and. I said, well, if they feed up over here, there was this big sheer face. And I said, well, they're not going to go up that. And we had a rock that was like 200 and that sheer face was about 280 yards away. Mm -hmm. And so we sat there for like 15 minutes just waiting. And I said, everything's in range here and nothing came up out. And I'm like, all right, we got to move in closer. And so we move in closer and I see everything filtering out on the bottom of the basin. And I was like, "Oh my God, are they all going like, with the broomer? Did they like change? Where did they go? Did yeah. they change direction? Because <laughs> yep. now mm-hmm. everything's another eight hundred yards mm-hmm. below us again, looking like they're going down to cross and go up on the other side." And so we stopped and glassed them all up. And I'm like, "Well, our big one 
is not with them. So he's still got to be up on the hillside feeding away. So we just kept cruising, making our way down in real low, slow and easy. And sure as shit, there he was, you know, 170 yards. Nice. With his other little one. And we had more than enough time. We just got in position. All three of us were right there. I was able to just pull the camera out and, you know, Ethan, uh, Ethan's a great shot, mm-hmm. and so we just, I mean, new new gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four days before the season. Done. I've never done that before. <laughs> right. And um, so I just, you know, it was real calm and collected, and it was like, all right, I'm going to give you your yardage. I'm going to tell you which ram. Do not shoot until you have both pieces of information. And so... We just kind of watched him for a few minutes and let him get right there. And, you know, he just, he was so calm. That's what I loved yeah. about it. You know, I'm I'm the one who's sitting there shaking. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm going to take him. And I said, man, take him. And so he just laid him down and he rolled down and anchored up. And, you know, all three of us are just sitting right there like, wow. You know, an hour and a half ago, we're wondering... Yeah. what's where where's everything at you know what, yeah. what's our next move going to be and and so that that's happened so many times over the years I, yeah i think that it's just like so many great feats to get to the point of like actually harvesting a ram that you think like you know you like walk a day or two days or whatever it may be and you're like god this is just like so much so much then you get to where you want to be and you're like Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Don't see anything or, you know, or see smaller rams or just using lambs or whatever. And everything always just seems to transpire so quickly all, all of the sudden, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like everything's such a trickle effect until it isn't. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, not only is there sheep, but it's a sheep that we can harvest and, you know, and then the next thing you know, like you're saying, you know, just a few hours away and it's done. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we we got him cut up. I mean, it was in the sunshine. Oh, nice. I think that was what's that like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It was just it was picture perfect. And you know, my biggest thing was so we were we were three three and a half miles from the tent at that point, and we've got to hike up out of the headwall and drop back down in and cut into our valley and head back to camp. And so we're hiking up out of the headwall and, and I am just in heaven. I'm like, this is so fucking awesome. I am never going to have to haul one of these things alone again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was so was a, good. So as you're saying that I'm thinking of, I'm like, ah, I should, should pipe in. Yeah. Cause there's three people carrying one. Sheep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Freaking awesome. Yeah. And so we, we got back to the tent and, uh, the next day we had, we had, we were, the tent was 11 miles from the truck and we said, I bet we can make it out. We got half the weight cruising. We'll make it to the truck. No problem. And so Ethan, uh, Ethan got going and, you know, little by little, I mean, even those few days, you begin to get drained a little bit. And, and we do, we, we push pretty hard when we're out there. We, yeah. we cover a lot of ground. And and um, so it's our first, like, with we get up in the morning and we get everything packed up and we get going. And and uh, Ethan's not talking to us. <laughs> 
and Eric and I are just sort of looking at each other and smiling and being like, okay, we, how, how can we boost morale? And we hit this point and Ethan's just like, I'm done. I'm not getting to the truck today. This is not possible. <laughs> I know how Ethan feels. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. said it to you this year. I was like, see those rocks? That's where the sheep's going on the ground. I'm done carrying yep. it. Because we were like, oh, we're making it all the way to heat up to the four wheelers or whatever. And I was like, nope, not today. Yeah. I know that exact feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's always kind of been my MO is just, I'm, I'm just going to hike. And then whenever I'm done, mm-hmm. that's it. There's mm-hmm. camp. Your body tells you when it's time to be done. Yeah. You're like, I can hurt myself now. You start all stag- of a staggering and yeah. throw, flipping your legs out in front of you. And yeah. S- tripping yep. and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. yeah and so it 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 felt so satisfying to be like all right ethan i've done my training give me your meat we're going to the truck tonight we're gonna do this yeah <laughs> and so we we did and and we got ourselves back to the truck and i mean christ we didn't get home until three four in the morning it was, yeah. it was pretty pretty late night but um, Coldfoot still has coffee, so. Right. Nice. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, once you're back to the, well, it's all gravy, except that drive can be. Ooh. Oh, it <laughs> like, can? Well, you get the hot air flowing. and <laughs> That yeah. always is something to me when I get back to my truck. And I'm like, oh, heat and, like, controlled environment. Next thing I know, the window's down. I'm like. Got my head sticking out the window. I'm like, Jesus, it's hot in here. (laughs) It's amazing your body after days and days and days of just being outside, you know. Just like like just the the heat of the vehicle without even having the heat on. That's my son. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, holy smokes. Jed, dude, shut the door. (laughs) Cook you you right out of your own vehicle, you know. So last year... I gotta go deal with this. Yeah, no, <laughs> continue. <good. laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I was like, somebody's got a odd ring on their phone. They should probably have that turned <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, he's got Spider-Man outfit on. Can continue on. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, last year we we did not have such a fortunate year. We got, uh, you know, lessons lessons learned about the the GPS. You know, our our famous joke now is last year I took my bow. That was last year's yeah, goal. Was to cause try I, and-, and I was going to ask you about that because I remember like we talked a little bit before the season and then kind of lost in yeah. contact and you were going to take your bow. Yeah. So I, I took the bow and we um, we got into Rams right off the bat. And spent the night on one, put a stock on it. It it got off its little pinnacle about 4.30 in the morning. It got up, and I said, that's it. I'm making my move. And so he dropped down to go get water, and I made my move, got over there, and the wind was bad. And it wasn't really a big ram. He was legal, but mm-hmm. he wasn't a big ram. I'm like, I don't care if I fuck this up. Oh, yeah. I want to go stock a ram. I want to see how close I can get. And um, the wind was bad, and so I was kind of hunkered down and... I saw one of the small ones come back up and ranged him. I'm like 80 yards. Okay, this is this is all looking really good. And I'm waiting for him to come up and over. 
nothing happens. I'm like, Something sh- something's gone wrong. They must have got my wind. And so I'd pop up from where I am, and they're backed up against the face 190 yards away, just looking, looking, looking. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's game over. It. Was it swirling wind, or had it switched on you? No, it was a steady wind. I just went for it I anyhow. I just went for it anyhow, right you on. know. Yep. Yeah. It's sounding oddly familiar. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's it's so, you know, the the discipline that's involved in so there you are at 200 yards, 300 yards, 150 yards, whatever it is, the discipline that's involved to not make that final move. Mm-hmm. It's like if I've got a gun, this is over with. We're going home right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for that, for your hunt to just begin right there, I just wanted to, I just was not disciplined and knew I wasn't and didn't care. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it's like. It's a good way to find out too, because it could have worked. Yeah. That's just it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It only takes that wind to be off like a couple of degrees yep. from what you, what your perspective is or what you think. And you're totally fine. You know, did that sheep step. 10 paces left to feed or 10 paces right to feed, you know, and it all could have just been just totally fine for you. Yep. But you'll never know unless you try. And that's, you know, two days, two days later, we had, we had good weather and ended up getting back, back into a bigger group a couple days later, Mm -hmm. same deal, made a move. And so I ended up finding the Rams at like seven at night in the evening and all day long, we, we'd we watched clouds come in from every direction. And so it just begins to spit and sputter. And I'm like, this is not good. You know, we're miles from the tent on top of the mountains again. And um, just same deal, bad wind. I'm like, it's, it's now, it's either make a move and try it, see what happens, mm-hmm. or just stop now and go back to the tent. Yeah. And so and I- And you're like starting over from square, square one. Yeah. You relocate them or find new- Rams yep. and yep, yeah. and so I I made a move again and um, got within ninety yards. Got busted. They start filing out. The last one stops and looks at me, and he uh, the wind's coming down pretty hard. And I'm like, "Yep, he's illegal." And so again, just kind of un undisciplined. I just wanted to see my fletching headed towards yeah. a doll sheep, <laughs> and <laughs> and so I I expected the wind to actually take that arrow down, and it did not. Oh, interesting. So I I led that ram by probably three or four feet with my pin. Yeah, and. It stayed true. I could not believe it. Wow! Had you put the pin right on the ram, you think he'd have been. I'd, I direct think, hit. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was Ugh. really shocked. How hard was the wind blowing? Apparently not hard enough. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was. <laughs> I I didn't know. I mean, I haven't spent enough time trying Actually to like shoot long distances and yeah. in, in high wind. Yeah. And so. Well, and even then, it can be so, like, have weird effects, you know, up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in so in, in hindsight, you know, there's been two times where I've been glad I've missed a ram, and, and that was one of them. Yeah. And, you know, I watched him just run away up the hill, and I'm like, I okay, game over. So by the time we got back to our backpacks, it was 30 yards visibility, 
And before we had left on the hunt, my wife says, are you bringing the GPS? And I said, no, I know, I know the country well, very well. And so I said, we got our stuff on. And by this time it's, it's coming down real hard. The wind's picking up. And, and I said, all we this have is to, last year. This is last what day year. Is this? this is the 12th, night of the 12th. I think so. Yep. So yeah, the t- 9th, 10th. 11th, 12th. Yeah, night of the 12th. Mm-hmm. Really shitty weather. That was really <laughs> shitty weather all around. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I says to her, I said, all we have to do is, you know, I, I use my watch a lot to keep track of time and distances and everything mm-hmm. like that. I just kind of base everything off time. And I said, so we're going to stay on the height of land. We're going to walk for probably an hour, hour and a half. And then we're just going to drop down off to our left. And we will find our tent someplace down in there. And so we end up dropping down faster than we think. And it's, you know, maybe 45 minutes into our walk. And it's no different than walking at night in the fog, mm-hmm. you know. And and so everything's deceiving. And I just had this really bad feeling that we were not, we, we had gone down too soon somehow. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know. I know it, that feeling too. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's awful. Oh yeah. It's so awful. And so I said, we're done. And and at this point it's hailing. We couldn't talk to each other unless we were face to face yelling. And I'm like, we're in the fog. We were down low enough at that point, the bait, the floor of the Valley. I'm like, we're not, if we're in the wrong spot, we're going to see a couple little high elevation lakes right here. And so I said, we're not moving until we either do or do not see those lakes. And we see the lakes and we're on the wrong side of the fucking mountain. And at this point, and I'm like, I was so angry. And I just had to really like say to myself, okay, you cannot lose composure right now. Now is when you actually have to build that composure. Because the decisions you make are going to affect your life. Yeah. Yep. And so I said, okay, the only thing we know right now is if every single step we take is uphill, we're going in the right direction. And so we start going back up, and I guess I might have the, the times mixed up, but it's at this point, it's about 10, 30, 11 at night, and it's dark, and we can no longer move safely. We can't see anything. And it was so steep. I didn't know where we had gone off on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. It was just you you need ropes to go down the front side and i said we can't go up and over Mm -hmm. we get up to the top and i'm like we're just gonna have to stay up here in this and i keep one of those uh kefaru sheep tarps with us yeah Mm -hmm. and so we're up back on the top i find this kind of little place that's sort of as much out of the wind as we can get and i just start trying to flatten rocks out and pack rocks you know pack the holes full of moss and I'm like, this is it. We're staying right here for the night. We can't, that's, that's it. And so we get under that tarp and those tarps work if they're in the air. They don't work if you're just yeah. covering your body. Yeah. And so within about 20 minutes, we, I can, we can just feel the water coming through the tarps. We had kind of stripped down and gotten in our sleeping bags and we were just lying on the rocks and. That was single-handedly the most miserable night either one of us have ever had. And so... I drink to that. <laughs> Cheers. I was right there right. with you. Man. 
and we, uh, you know, it's one of those deals every, you know, and, and my wife, I mean, she's, we were lucky it wasn't probably 10 degrees colder. Because yeah. if it was, I don't know that we could have stopped moving. And At least where I was, that wind was hot. It was from coming out of the south in the Alaska range that yeah. night, that same night. It blew 60, 70 where I was at. No problem. Like, he was in the yeah. bottom of the valley. I didn't, I didn't sleep yeah. all the way down as low as I could get in a valley, and I didn't sleep all night. I had to keep getting up and fixing the tent and mm. like duct taping stuff together and putting more rocks on stuff and retying stuff. And all night, I didn't go to bed until. I don't even know, six or seven o'clock in the morning. I finally yeah. fell asleep for just a couple hours or something like that. But and this is the it was one, this is the same night that it I, was that a I had hot air. Fiasco. It wasn't yep. cold at all. It was like warm wind. It was a south wind. Yeah, I mean, in the the whole time I couldn't I'm, feel the wind through the rain. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know we ended up just taking that tarp and like cocooning it kind of tucking it back under our sleeping yeah. bags to just keep as much of it off as we could. And so every, you know, 20 minutes, you got to kind of roll over to the other side. And, and you know, we had to, like, make ourselves eat, you know. And yeah. So it gets to be just kind of the lights beginning to come back a little bit. And I straightened my legs out in my sleeping bag, and I just – and, like, this – squeal came out of me (laughs) (laughs) your partner looks at you like yeah i'm gonna have to pretend i didn't hear that yeah and my fucking sleeping bag because we were on on a slope my sleeping bag had pooled up i mean we were so wet sleeping the water had pooled in the bottom of my sleeping bag and so I said to my wife, I'm like, when was the last time you straightened your legs out? And she's like, I haven't. And I go, straighten your legs out. Same deal, same Soaked. squeal. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I mean, I felt, I was like, this is what ruins things for people. Oh, man. Yeah. You know? I got out of the tent and it was like I poured water out of our boots and it was like just trying to tie my boots. My hands weren't working mm-hmm. and I had to tie my boots for her and... We ended up getting back to the tent, and um, it just looked like it had been pistol whipped. And we were like, "This is we've we've hit our limitation. It's we got to hike out to the truck. That's mm-hmm. it." And what made me think of that was that night we ended up getting a Roman cold foot. I have never been so hot. We both lied on top of that bed, (laughs) stark naked, windows open. I couldn't figure out how to shut the heat off in that echo. If I just, it was unbearably hot. It was so hot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every year, same thing. As soon as I get in my truck, I'm like, oh, it's going to feel so good. And it only takes about 30 seconds. And I'm like, holy shit, this is too much. Yeah, that's over the top. I was telling him, you know, after you're freaking just trudging along day after day after day i get my truck and i'm like holy shit this is fast and i look down it's like 35 <laughs> right yep. yeah but uh yeah no there's i i fully sympathize with you there man because that was a it is the same thing because i had a freaking stock that was i mean it was just like i figured out how i was going to kill this ram with my bow and yeah. and the freaking weather had other plans and it was bad <laughs> Like, I didn't know how widespread the bad was, but it was apparently everywhere because that was a bad night. <laughs> yeah. And so, do you often set your tent up and go 
multiple days away from it. Leave a lot of stuff and like just take food and water for a few days and walk away from your tent. I do. Yeah. 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 I I sort of like that. I mean, it's what how do you feel like what happens if you're like, "Oh shit, I want to go." You know, you get up high and you're like, "Well, I want to go all the way over there and it's like 4 miles away or 5 miles away and it's going to be like multiple days." That, you see that, rams or whatever, you turn around and go get your tent that and would take be everything. Too far, yeah. yeah. You have yep. like a, a a limitation where you say, "Okay, I'm going to go this far but no further" kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, <clears> that <throat> was, you know, the everything has been I've never actually killed anything within miles of my tent. It's always kind of just been a long ways away and I just I, I don't know how else to do it. I mean, that's just kind of how I well, started. It's, it's and interesting how everyone kind of develops their own yeah. little way. Because I've done that, like with hunting with Steve. Like a lot. Of, sometimes we'd, and it depends on the country you're in too. Sure. Sometimes yep. you know if it's country where you can do a big loop and get back mm-hmm. to your tent. You know, we'd take three days of food and a couple like pair of tarps and sleeping bags and leave our main tents up and just kind of rough it for a couple nights. You but, and I, unless we can see the sheep from where our tent is, we take everything with yeah, us. Yeah, we that's, what we've, been, that's what we've been everything. doing for yep. quite a few years now. So. And it's like there's absolutely, there's like no stopping you from doing anything that might be thrown your way. You know, you can be like, well, I'm going to go north, I'm going to go south, east, west, doesn't, nothing matters. You just can go. Yeah. Because you know you have all your food, water, and it's probably, it's heavier and it's slower mm-hmm. But there's nothing to turn like turn you around. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's I've I've thought about that, and then I always think about, I mean, like like you just said, Tyler, our the spot the area where I hunt is really conducive to that. I mean, it's sort of yeah, allows like doing it. like yeah. a three day loop and just kind of r- rough it. But you're close enough where if you got in trouble, you could get back to your, you know, you could yep. probably just push back to your tent if you had to. Yep. And and that's you know it's like all carrying the extra water, yeah. and carrying um, uh, some some freeze dry meals. That way you can actually make a real meal because I yeah. I have run out of food before, and that's just because extra water. Holy shit! Like someday yeah. we need to start hunting a place where we don't have to carry ten liters of water to camp with us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Some days, but uh, yeah, there's in yeah there's different. Definitely different ways of doing stuff. The way we've been well, it's doing like it, all the countries different too. Yeah, depending on which mountain range, where in this mountain range you're hunting. You know, yep. there's like just so many differences in all these areas to hunt mm-hmm. that each is which, each takes its own after its own that, plan. After that deal last year, are you, you gonna take a GPS? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. and that, it was funny because that that same. I mean, it was almost a lot of similarities that night for me because when I was packing out, I ended up when my tent fucking blew up and I'm sitting there just like sitting under the rain fly. I'm like, all right, can't freak out. Be like, we're, we're going home now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's like, all right, so what do I need? What do I need to do? What am I going to leave? Cause I can't, you know, roll my tent up in this freaking gale, whatever the wind was blowing. Yeah. But, uh, I put my GPS in a Ziploc which is fortunate, and, you know, had it on and stuck it in my cargo pocket in my rain gear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, because I couldn't see shit either, you know. And, I mean, it, it wasn't as foggy, but it was dark and freaking rain, and, you know, you can't even hardly pick your head up mm-hmm. without getting blasted in the face, you know, rain fill up your eyeballs. But, uh, you know, I had for, yeah 
probably two and a half hours it took me. Yeah, I just, it wasn't very long, but I had to navigate like right on top of this ridge line because it's, you know, a long ways down this side, a long ways down that side. You got to stay right on the ridge line to get down into the drainage where I could get down out of the like super, super bad stuff. And I just like, I'd walk, you know, and just constantly check that GPS just to make sure I was going down in the right spot. And I mean, that's the main use for a GPS that I've had over the years. I always have mine with me and almost all the like waypoints on it or it says backpack. Yeah. It's like I set my backpack backpack. down and I go running, running after a sheep or something. I'm like, mark my backpack because we lost our backpacks one night in the dark and couldn't find them for hours of pissed off searching for backpacks. Um, but the only other time that, the only time that realistically I needed GPS was before I even had the in-reach was an actual Garmin, just like regular GPS. Yeah. And we were leaving in that blizzard. It was like foggy, blowing, like snow. And it was the same thing. We're running a ridge and we had to run like miles, like eight miles of ridge. Mm. And you couldn't drop, there's tons of like other ridges that came off of it. That you could have got on easy enough with that kind of weather. You could even walk around and find yourself walking backwards. I literally know? walked almost all day with the GPS in my hand looking at, because I laid a track going in. Yep. For some reason. I don't know why. I put the track down going in, but I did. And I was like, well, we got a little over here, a little over here. And we, I literally carried oh, yeah. that thing in my hand all day while we walked and... It's worth having the shit, you know, is what it comes down to. Even just for that, just for fog. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, the spot we hunted this year, well, when I was packing that ram out 14 years ago out of that spot, like I had, it was my dad's Jeep. It was one of the old ass GPSs that didn't have any map, Mm -hmm. nothing. You have to lay a a track down with that. And all I could do, you know, like coming out that ridge line, I mean, it was socked in. You couldn't see shit. It's the most demoralizing shit ever. Like yep. packing out when you're, especially when you're walking a ridgeline in the fog and it's like, oh, <laughs> we're at the top. And then it like blows out a little bit and you see like three more peaks. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there was, yeah, there was spots there where it's like, even with that, I could just like get the direction, you know, to the next waypoint that I had made or whatever it was. And so I knew which direction to go. Cause it's like some of them spots like, yeah, you could. And like where you got, you guys got down to that lake, then you got to turn around and that's demoralizing when you got to, you know, you got to turn around and go, all you know is you got to climb. Yeah. Well, the first, the first trip I ever did with, with our family, I took us up to the hall road and we did, we hiked out five miles for caribou. And so we spent our time out there and, and we hiked part way back the first night and, and the kids were, were pretty young. They were 11 and 12 or 12 and 13, something like that. And so we we camped like a mile and a half from the road the last night out and so we got up in the morning and it was totally socked in and there was a uh i don't know some little UAF satellite thing that i could see when we went to bed and i'm thinking no problem we'll hit that in the morning and so we're socked in and then we got up in the morning and i said i want to just see if i can do this i did have the gps mm-hmm. so i wanted to just see yeah. if i could Fuck no. I ended up walking, I think I walked us like two miles in the wrong direction. Oh, geez. Like parallel using to the, the GPS. No, no, not using oh. I wanted to see I if like, I could do it. I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, <laughs> pump your fucking brakes. 
<clears throat> I, I wanted to test my my internal okay. fog compass. Gotcha. And uh, it, it my family's expense, <laughs> not IFR approved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and the I mean the GPS just saved us. I mean I, yeah, it really did prove to me that when it comes to that, I've got nothing. There's n- I just can't can't yeah. do it. Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah, there. I it's mean, easy it's, to think you're going, like, oh, right where I want to go. Yeah, you know, oh, I'm headed right there. No, no, you're not. Well, and like you said, walking with it in front of your face because that's what I found is I like, check it and I'd put it away. Oh, you got to keep looking because you're instantly like veering off left or veering yeah. off. You're like, oh, I know right where I'm going. It just showed me a second ago. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like immediately you're like, if you don't have the already, landmarks, you know, yeah, you look at. Yeah. Even yeah. on like. Places that you've walked before, like, mm-hmm. I've t- tracked myself with the GPS and places I've walked before, and the difference between, like, well, I know where I'm going, but this tells me I could just, like, walk across there, and you can literally, like, geez, I thought I had the straightest line through here, and yeah. it's, like, cuts off different parts of where you would, like, walk around, and maybe it's just, like, some logs or, you know, blow downs or yeah. something like that that you're walking around, but you end up walking a lot of mileage out of your way all the time mm-hmm. when you're not using those things. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you on a Fognac one, I was up there deer hunting, walking through the woods and like little patches of snow, and I hit this patch of snow, boot tracks. I'm like, some other motherfuckers up here tromping around in my woods. <laughs> Check my yeah. GPS. Yeah, you just walked in a circle. <laughs> you're like, man, my foot fits right in fits that. Fits right in the <laughs> thing. You've got the same boots. <laughs> What are the chances? It's amazing what your brain does to you. you oh know? yeah! Like, would you can, say your you dad always told yourself. you you're 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 never lost. You're only temporarily temporarily Tem- temporarily disoriented. disoriented. Yeah, never tell yourself you're lost. You're always just temporarily disoriented. Hmm. It's like yeah. when we were kids. There's no GPSs when I started hunting. You know, yeah. it's like got a little ball compass yeah. hanging on your wool jacket, and that's it. You got a yeah. topo map in your fanny pack yeah. and. I mean, when I was a kid, everybody had fanny <laughs> fanny packs to go hunting with. <laughs> when well, Frank was a kid. I, I still rock a fanny pack. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> when, when Frank was a kid, there's a picture. I'll have to pull it up afterwards. Or I just seen it floating around. It's like a meme, you know. So, yeah, when I, this is how old I was when I started hunting and fishing. It's some, like, eight-year-old kid holding, like, a bass up with a Marlboro hanging out of his mouth <laughs> and beer in his hand. And, and it looks exactly like what I had figured a young Dr. Frank Schultz well, would look he like. S- he I sent s- the he sent the picture to me, and I was like, "Whoa, it kind of looks like me." So then I <laughs> called my mom and dad, and I was like, "You guys got to send me some pictures of me when I'm like 10, when I was like started hunting and fishing and stuff, Glasses you know, and everything." The whole yeah. like spitting image. It was like, "Holy shit, that's crazy weird." Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yep, no G. Well, imagine like even with a compass, if you don't have landmarks or something, like how screwy you could get in the fog. You can, but you can you can pretty much figure it out. You know, I mean, yeah. you need to like either climb up or sit down or whatever the yeah. deal may be. You know, but as long as you can find something, you know, and that's just it. it just took longer back then because. Mm-hmm. You need if it's foggy or whatever, and you can't find anything. Well, you sit down and wait. Yep. yep. You know, 
I mean, the the focus, it, you can't let your mind go drift off and daydream about other stuff. I mean, no. that's, you've got to kind of stay mm-hmm. stay with it the entire time. I mean, yeah. probably one of the darkness is kind of the same way. And, you know, coming from a, a whitetail background, hiking into stands in the, in oh, the pitch yeah, black. Oh, yeah, you guys did a lot mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, you spend a lot of time walking in and out of the woods in the pitch dark and um one of the one of the moose we shot it was the first time i was out there with my my moose hunting partner mm-hmm. and we shot this moose right at dark and <clears throat> daytime it just it seems totally fine and so yeah. we we cut get them all cut up i make the first run out just before dark and it was a long ways from i bet we were three quarters of a mile from the boat just yeah swamps and no, no other than the sky, but I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not a very good star reader. Oh, me either. <laughs> All you got to know is the North Star. If you can find the I North can't Star, that's find it. That yeah, you can, either. you got all of it. And, you know, I, that's a skill. I, I wish, like, I think it would be fun to go out and develop that. I mean, I've thought about doing like a, an orient, what are they, orienteering? It's, it's. No. It's something people they. It's like a. I don't know if it's a geocache or some bullshit oh. thing like that. You gotta hmm. carry one of those sextants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought about. I know exactly <laughs> where we are, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but just to like better tune my actual sort of compass navigation skills a little bit. But what are you some kind of one man GPS. <laughs> all all I know is that I can. I know simply like right now I can find the North Star. Can you? If yeah. there's stars out. It's fucking light all summer here. Yeah. And then half the fall, it's foggy and cloudy and shit, and you can't see anything all night. And it's like, so how many days a year actually is that realistic to like be able to find that star and know that you got north, you know? Yep. I mean, well, you can base of, everything off times, north, but sure. can you find n- north? You know, that's the only thing. You know, with and that. a lot of times, well, <clears throat> as far as sheep hunting, if you can see, you can... Even at night, a lot of times you can see like certain mountains or yep. landmarks. You know, yeah. I mean, shoot, my I, you know, got lost with my wife back there. She shot this black bear, and we be- went back and started dragging it been? out. So I've been, I've been in, the, it, you know, back in the woods for years. Drug so many bears out of there, and this one was just a little bit farther or whatever. And you know, I freaking, I don't need a GPS here, so I threw the bear in the sled and proceeded to pull the sled around in circles for like two and a half <laughs> hours back in the alders, you know, cause you're, you're out of like, you know, I know where certain stands of timber are, but when you're in the alders, everything looks the same. The sun's mm-hmm. down, yeah, uh, you know, after midnight. So I can still see, but there's no like discernible. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I could say, all right, the sun's right there, then just turn and go that direction. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's like kind of a little bit of a reality check. It is. You know, and of course I didn't have a freaking, com- if I if I would have just had a little compass in my backpack or something, you know, that then it's easy peasy. I don't need a map or anything. I just, you know, mm-hmm. know the direction that's to the, go. That's the big one too with the compass. It doesn't matter if you know where you're going or not. It's just a matter of going in the same direction. Yep. Even yep. if you don't know where you're going, just go in the same direction. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if if your river runs north, south, east, west, road, whatever, okay, just head east. That's all you need to know. Yep. Just stay yeah. east. Mm-hmm. You might be a few miles off, but at least you're going to get yourself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I think 
it's, I mean, as odd as it is to say, I think it's good for everyone to be like temporarily disoriented a few times in their life. It yeah. like sets you straight, you know, gets you so you're like, okay, well, it's not a big deal, you yeah. know? It's yeah. not really, there's nothing to it. You just can't, that's what pa- people panic, like mm-hmm. quick now. The yeah. instant that they're like, oh my God, I don't know where they're at, where I'm at. Like, didn't they that like fucking freak out? Didn't yeah. that, wasn't it not too long ago some like pop country singer dude like called the cops because he got lost on his own 30 acres? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't hear that. about that, but yeah. that wouldn't surprise yeah. me. No. I'm sure this shit happens all the time and you don't hear about it, you know? Well, and again, that time is sort of like, okay, if I've been walking in, you know, a certain direction for yep. an hour and I'm not there yet and I know I should be there in half an hour, it, you yeah. know, I I know I'm doing something something wrong yeah. or, yeah. you know, I I think I've been going, you know, in the fog or the dark. It's like, I, oh, I've only actually been walking for 15 minutes. Yeah. I got a long ways to go. And, and perception's th- weird too. Like stuff looks differently, you know, I mean, this year. Different we were, lighting. This different, year when we were. Same something you looked at. You know, we talked about when we were packing our rams out you know it's like you know by the time frank's ram was basically on top of the ridge mm-hmm. and we got you got mine cut up packed it up cut his up you could still see okay but it was just foggy mm-hmm. and starting to get darker and we're like all right we'll run up this ridge and we're up oh, well that's the top let's scoot over what we figured is like 150 yards or something yeah. of side hill and to catch the next ridge going down to our mm-hmm. camp which we had hiked over many times yeah and uh nope. yeah, one freaking. ridge off. <laughs> <laughs> side hill, side hill, and then you know, yeah. Fuck I mean, we this. weren't we we Yeah. It's not like we were lost, we would have got right. there, but it would have been a pain you know, freaking. It would have turned what we thought was gonna be a half an hour of side hill into like four hours of side hilling. If yeah. we so didn't just, just like we had to burn bust back it right up to, to the, the top. top. Yeah. 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 So speaking of speaking of sheep, I've what how much fat? So when you guys cut up your rams, how much fat do you leave on the meat? I don't take any of it off. Everything I mean, stays right yeah. on the yeah. sheep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, uh, coming from like the the whitetail world, you'd clean all that fat off. It just wasn't very good, and that's kind of the people who taught me how to cut animals up. That's just what they did, and so that's yeah. what I've always done. And you I know, like sheep fat, man. Yeah. You know, I've always felt bad kind of cutting it off before. Yeah. And this year, we were looking at it, and we're like, no, no way. This just doesn't make sense to cut any of this fat off. Yeah. I mean, it, if he's got like inch and a half, you know, I wouldn't feel bad. It's like, if it's going to save you several pounds of packing. Sure. But yeah. It, but yeah, I know what you mean. You don't need to take it off. No. I mean, we, we brought that shit home, and, and we put like actual chunks of fat on the fry pan just yeah. to eat them and they were actually very similar to like lamb it tasted very lamby huh. really yeah no shit i know what i fat did huh yeah just because I, I don't find hardly any similarity between like what you go and buy lamb at the grocery store or something like yeah. that and doll sheep like eating a ram I, i'd never had any correlation or thought anything of it yeah until we went and just cooked up pretty much straight fat no interesting but it was friggin' delicious no i mean i know i've like you know i'll take in camp or i'll take and get some like dry river rocks Mm -hmm. and 
get a flat rock and make a little fire, you know, with a funnel into the wind so it kind of, your coals are under it, get that rock scorching hot and melt fat on it and then use that to fry, mm-hmm. like, slices of meat. Yeah. And it works that's really good. fucking good unless the rock doesn't blow up my face. Uh, sometimes it does. <laughs> Cut my cheek open and shit. I was like, <laughs> it actually a- blew up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like concrete. The first time we did it, there's the only the first the only time we've done it is the first time I ever went sheep hunting with you, and I was like, That's I'm done right. with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rock just blew up in the fire, dick. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that one wasn't dry enough. <clears throat> I forgot about that. I did it when I was packing that sheep out, or like I'd already got to the four wheeler, and my four wheeler was giving me all sort of shit. Might as well cook something up. <laughs> I thought it was overheating at the time, so I was like, ah, we'll let it cool off, and I didn't want to look at it for a while, so. But, yeah, no, I'll have to try that. I know, um, I mean, like, the stuff, the sheep that I grind, I don't put any fat in. It makes fantastic burgers. Like, yep. it's got a really mm-hmm. greasy, like, good yep. fat content. Yeah, it was just something we did, did a little bit, a little bit different this year, and I think it's fantastic i mean right on yeah i'll never like that fat i mean we we threw chunks of fat back into the bags it was like oh nice that's cooking nice cooking material Mm because we did the same thing with the uh the lace fat on moose last year i took a bunch of the lace fat out and i can't actually say i've tried using it yet but i have a big bag of lace fat that nick was he the tender, fancy he, te- shit he wrapped the tenderloin in the in the fat, stomach fat or something, some kind of fat. I don't know. It's what amazing the hell how it was. creative you get when you but, can't fly bacon and eggs out to your moose camp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but Nick. He said it was awesome. Like unreal. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what I've heard. And that's you know, I mean the problem is at home it's like shit, am I gonna thaw out? Take out the lace fat and use it. I mean, we're so used to butter and oil and everything like that. What is like that. lace fat? Is that the the fat that's around the stomach? Yep. Yeah, okay. Same, so it, same thing. Yep. yep. It just looks all veiny, kind of like yep, a little exactly. checkerboard. And, yep. And it just it came off so good. I was like, Jesus, I've I've heard people talk about this before. Mm-hmm. I want to just try it, and I haven't haven't tried it yet, but it's sitting there. Well, and it makes sense because that, I mean, adds like a good, like, fatty. I mean, because moose is lean. Mm-hmm. It's all, not I mean, like caribou game, lean, yeah. but it's. All game animals yeah. are lean. I mean, you're, you're totally talking about an animal that's moving its entire life, you know? Because yeah. um, even, even if you just mixed it in with all the burger just to use oh, it. Oh, I'm sure it'd be yeah. good, yeah. We used to always run pork fat and burger, and I don't anymore at all. I no, I don't have any problems well, you, with shit falling apart. Or you turned me onto whatever. pork fat. Now I got to use pork fat on my burger. Yeah, but I, I mean, as far as anything that I shoot, I just grind it now. I just stopped doing it. It seemed like it was too much of a pain in the ass to find it around here. I mean, back where I grew up, it was like you went to the store and they're like pork fat. Shit, how many pounds do you want? They give it to you. Yep. And here it's hard to find, and they charge you a lot for it. So I was like, well, let's just try it without it. And if I'm making burgers or something that I'm like, oh, they might fall apart on the grill or whatever, I'll mix an egg and some oats or whatever in with the burger when I cook them some up. Some rich crackers. I don't, like, don't do that because Carrie is oh, yeah. gluten-free. Yeah. But um, I'll put oats in and, and um, put an egg in, yeah. you know, for, to make like four burgers, one egg. Yeah. Shit, it's, it's fine. 
you know, and you're not changing the flavor. The other thing that I started thinking about was I was like, God damn it, I go through all this time and energy to get this animal, you know, like it's like 100% organic, like the nicest (laughs) freaking meat in the world. And then I go and get some pig fat from who the hell knows where and I start adding it to it. And it's like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm done with that. Yeah. <clears throat> Very true. So, and you need it. There's certain things like making like bear sticks or making sausage, or you know, like we made an awesome uh, breakfast sausage of um, my parents' sugar, and so we got this yeah. maple breakfast sausage. I shot some goats this spring, and we made we got some goat breakfast sausage. That Jesus, Did you see, you're bringing so some of that good. out to Moose Camp. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bring some of it because I got some spicy like moose so- breakfast sausage I made too. Right on. And I bought a bunch of bacon too. We're going to be living high on the hog. <laughs> you know, after sheep season, it's like moose camp. You got mm-hmm. a boat, you got coolers, you exactly. got fucking stoves, so, here's lanterns. The, here's the question. <laughs> yeah. If you're not using a riverboat to haul a four-wheeler, to pull a canoe, to paddle to get you on the moose, or you really moose hunting? Right. <laughs> That's just it. And there's, I'm sure there's some guys that would laugh at hearing that and be like, Pshaw. and then we walk, and then we have another boat with a fucking motor on it that we dropped out of a plane in the summer. And, you know, there's some shit. Guys get, like, their shit's dialed in when it comes to moose hunting, you know. There's a lot of people in the state that are just like, we shoot moose. Every single year, we got our spot. I mean... Carl, they got boats and with a little kicker on it that they have that just stays there all year where yep. he goes and like, you know, tents that are in fifty five gallon drums that are there and it's just like over the years you get these places set up so perfectly, you know, that you're like, Well, I just bring my backpack in and my rifle and time to hunt. Well, and that's like something I mean, we'd like we've been talking about because I've always been I mean, I've devoted so much time over the years sheep hunting that it's like, well, I'm either working doing during moose season or whatever. So I've always just, you know, like most years, like managed to scrounge a little bull somewhere around town. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I've never really, I mean, very, my like real moose hunting experience has been pretty limited. I mean, I, you know, helped guide for Stan that year. That was Definitely an eye opener. Sorry, I'm like holding back this burp. <laughs> um, that, uh, but I mean, that was an eye opener. Like you get like out fairly remote where moose are freaking talking, and you know, like I was telling Frank yesterday, I kind of get like all antsy anytime I see a bull with like big paddles. You know, even if it's like a 45, 50 inch bull. Oh yeah, it's like holy shit, something's gonna fuck this up. Like <laughs> you know, you know, because normally it's the first first thing we first thing with antler sticking out of its head gets shot um well yesterday that was the whole thing so we were like we go in to set the tent up and like bring the rest of our shit in to where we're gonna hunt and we intentionally we, left the rifle in the boat <laughs> right we we're like well if there's one on the river we'll shoot it but other than that let's like go set up and we'll go check the camera we put up and get the canoe to the to this lake because that's what we're we're trying to like develop a moose our own moose hunting spot we want a spot that we can be like let's go shoot a moose that's not like let's go hunt like yeah. let's go fill a freezer kind of thing you yeah. know like we can know we can go here and that's do cool. the shit and yeah. like we're good yeah so we went out there and it was like 
there's a fucking moose. There's a bull moose, <laughs> right? Like, right where we want him to be. You know, it's not a big bull, but we're like instantly both like, of us are like, oh fuck, let's get out of here. We don't have a rifle. We don't want to scare it. Like, yeah. we need like this thing has to be here in a couple of days when we come back. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Which, I mean, middle of the afternoon, like literally, like. Plowed the four wheeler up a hundred yards away from there, and you know pulled the canoe out and yeah got there and holy shit! And then you know the other time because it's been an or, you know ordeal you know we had to haul four wheeler and the canoe up there yeah and we didn't have room you know then we had yesterday had haul all our shit in there a lot of our shit in there and set up but uh, even the first time like we didn't bring binos and we're like well let's see if we can get all the way out to where we want to hunt and pull up there about the same time of day and you know across there is about 500 yards and it's like man that looks like a freaking moose's ass sticking out of the brush there but it was windy you know so the mm-hmm. brush was moving and like and then you caught like that spot to the like, right oh, and i'm like another yeah, something there that looks right and i'm like yeah like i was looking at that too it, it like it looks like a bull's antler sticking out of the grass like he's laying down you know facing to the side well yesterday we were like bringing binoculars today those spots weren't there anymore (laughs) see if those spots are still there yeah Uh, there's two moose there when we met the first time there was pictures of moose on the camera plus we saw another moose it'll be it looks moosey just like walking up originally i was like wow this looks like exactly where if i was a moose i'd want to be hanging out yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be good. And it looks like the weather's going to line up and it seems like bulls are starting to pop. There's like a certain time of year, you know, I could go whole like I didn't see a single bull. Eh, no, I did a couple times this summer, but I haven't seen a single you can moose like, all summer until like 2 weeks ago. You know, you can go all summer and you just don't see Nothing. many or many bulls at least a lot of times and it seems like there's a time in September where they just start popping out of the woodwork. Yeah. And it seems like it's happening a little earlier this year than it has a couple. A lot of times it's like that 15th to 25th mm-hmm. zone is when they start like just showing up. I've always wanted to go out after the season mm-hmm. just to see the, the activity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, my yeah. dad and uncles talked about when they were kids, you know, they could go in like October. Mm-hmm. They'd go in October because they would go like drive their trucks to the McCandless bus and that was their oh, hunting yeah. camp back in like the cool. six, you know sixties. Yeah, and uh, and you know they go out there late, and there's just bulls are just freaking love love drunk, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've talked to guys that have gone to certain areas that go in October and call like right in the middle of the rut, and they're like, "Well, there doesn't seem anything. It looks like good moose country." And a couple of calls, and there's just like. Start All of a sudden, there's out. just like moose everywhere, and yeah. you're like, "Holy shit!" They're like <laughs> yeah, everywhere. <look> at- <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this could get a little hairy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My well, there was a bull. It was a, looked pretty late. My uncle, like one of his photo albums, I remember looking through, and they <laughs> bull was coming after his buddy. Basically, he's got a picture of his buddy holding his holding his like white leather gloves up. You know, like moose paddles and. And saying shoot, shoot, <laughs> but uh, no, the like the logistics, and we were like talking about that a little bit earlier. Like, if you've never like been up in the the differences, like when you first come up here hunting, like you were telling your buddy, you, like you didn't want to burst your your brother in law's 
like bubble on like getting excited about shed hunting yeah. and stuff like yeah. that and uh just like hunting like this like literally like I'm not joking it's like a four-wheeler in a river boat with a you know two yeah. drag a canoe out to where you want to go moose hunting in the canoe <laughs> two yeah. boats to take a canoe and a four-wheeler yeah a lot of shit a lot of time Honestly, if you weren't into it, you'd be pissing away money, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you come down to, like, brass tacks in the end and you start being like, well, how much does beef cost? And what if you go and buy half of, half of you know, half a cow or, you know, the whole thing or whatever and compare that price to what you put at fuel and everything, you're going to come out ahead by, you know, and you know where the meat came from and the whole the whole deal. You know, that's my big thing is I grew up with, you know, in a family where my dad, you know, we hunted and, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't get a lot of deer. My my hunt yeah. camp that I was talking about in yeah. Sheffield, there's a lot of spike horns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back when you could actually shoot spike horns in Vermont, you know, yeah. but like my dad was like, the first deer that comes out that you shoot, layer down, you know, it's like we weren't looking for, you know, any kind of, and we hunted in apple orchards and shit, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in tree stands mm-hmm. and we were kids, my brother and myself, um, never really got into the whole tracking thing. Um, but it was about getting deer. Right. And, and that's the mentality that, <clears throat> that I think transpires across the whole hunting community, whether you're probably in Canada Maine, Alaska is, is putting something in your freezer. I mean, there's something mm-hmm. so satisfying to doing that. And it's like, as soon as our freezer begins to run low a little bit, this like panic comes oh, on. Yeah. I mean, we didn't shoot a sheep last year and we're now finishing the last of the packages from the 2018 Ram. It's like, okay, we've oh, got you're doing, more. You're doing so, good. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys are really good. Holy shit. Yeah. No, it's in. We got two last year, and we only have like six or seven packages left. Yeah, between Carrie and I. Yeah, and I don't give that shit out. No, <laughs> no, no. And you know, and I don't know, especially with, you know, I could be wrong, but it seems like with you know, like us up here and a lot of Canadians, and uh, there are a lot of Canucks that listen to the podcast, so appreciate that. But, uh, um. You know, when you're talking about, like, shooting moose and stuff or, like, shooting multiple caribou stuff that, like, mm-hmm. you can actually, like, fill two chest, freezers, two, yeah. you know, chest freezers with, yeah. you know. or And there's places where, you know, guys will shoot four or five, six deer, you know, and, and accomplish the same thing. But mm-hmm. it's that. It's not like, you know, get one little skippy buck or something and that's, like, filling the freezer but where it's, like, really, like, hey, yeah, we uh, kind of really could use a freaking moose. You know, I mean, and I'm well, that's I the mean, situation. Carrie and I, I last year, two sheep, she shot one, I shot one, and then I shot two goats, yep, and a caribou. Bastard, I'm still pissed at you. For Plus, that. I got a bunch of moose, different outfitters that I know, yeah, I ended up with. I mean, I give a lot of meat away to people that because mm-hmm. I have a couple different outfitters that I know that are like, here's meat, meat, mm-hmm. meat, meat, meat. And I'm like, I know a few families that don't hunt at all. They got a bunch of little kids. And I'm like, do you want, you know, half a moose or whatever? Mm-hmm. I can go. All I got to do is go pick it up and give it to you. Well, it's nice when you have a, like, a, when you're freaking, you know, everything's full. You can do, you can afford to do stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. You know? 
Yeah. I mean, and that's the way, I, like, that's the way we're approaching moose season this year is I was like, I mean. Because I, I, I need to shoot one. Yeah, you, know? you yeah. definitely need a moose. And I was like, well, look, like, Carrie and I probably could use, like, half a moose. They're coming for you, man. They're coming. It's the government. It's the black helicopters out the window. Don't spill my beer. Um, I was like, we maybe a half a moose or something like that. But I was like, that's what I said to you. I was like, well, we shoot two. You can have half the one that I shoot, yeah. and you know everybody's happy all the way across the board. And yeah, so yeah, we're gonna do the. I'm not gonna be as picky. I probably wouldn't shoot that bull we've seen the first like four days, five days. After that, he's in jeopardy. But. And so you guys are going for 10, 10 days. That's yeah. the plan. Yeah. Yep. So I think I don't think we're gonna have any problem. I mean, even if we want to be picky, I think we should be able to shoot a couple nice bulls. Yeah. If the weather stays the way it's supposed to. But we're not gonna count our bulls before they hatch. No, we're not. So, <laughs> I mean, the first because it the, is hunting. <laughs> the first decent. And what I'm saying is like basically any like decent paddle. I'd like to get one ideally that's. A little bit bigger than like your, you know, your tiny paddle bull, like mm-hmm. where they bump that like three and a half, four year olds, where they start bumping up in body size. Yep. Last year I shot a, you know, a little like forky, mm-hmm. two and a half year old, which is fantastic eating, but they're just uh, like it would be, you know, once they bump up in body size another year or two, like they, yeah, you really get a lot more meat off them. So that shit that I was watching last night, I'm not gonna pass one. They were like talking that. about, and I don't take this with a grain of salt because i don't know how accurate this is but they were saying that those bulls that are spike fork the reason that there's a spike fork 50 is because they want those bulls out of the gene pool that they're shit oh because once those moose that are in that year and a half they're their second year you know from not having little buttons mm -hmm. should already be split and like have small so when they're two and small when they're two and a half, they should them. have small paddles. And if on them, they're yeah. they're a shitty genetic line, if they've got spikes or they got those forks, they're yeah. they're spindly, yeah. and they're not starting to split. And that's the reason that that's that spike fork fifty law was implemented was to like try and remove that out that of the gene, out of yeah. the out of the genetic line. Sense. What's yeah. inter yeah <clears throat> and. Uh, it's interesting. You wonder how much of that has to do with the cow, too. Oh, you know, because I've talked, you yeah. know, talked about guys with rams. You know, it's like, you know, a certain amount of those genetics come from the ewe too. With rams, you know, I've been talking about like big sheep genetics, and a lot of sheep are just never going to be mm-hmm. anything big. But uh, no, that's interesting. Cause this one yesterday, like he was a freaking goofball. He was weird. I mean, it was super long. He was probably but like, twenty four, probably twenty four, maybe thirty inches wide. But he, it was like spikes on each side. But he, he had like it was like spikes, like little spatulas. Yeah, like it was you weird. Know, started to sure. palmate out, out a little bit. And you know they're spindly as shit too because he's still fully velveted. Yeah, was he velvet? Oh, yeah, yeah. It looked to me, it looked like full velvet still. Yeah, me, yeah, yeah. So. uh Anyway, no, I think we're going to do good. The first de- decent bull comes along, I'm going to freaking sluice him. And yeah. then Frank's, Frank's the trophy hunter for the trip. And then maybe next year, well, if he gets a big one this year, maybe next year we'll flip-flop. Yeah. Yeah, we decided one, just shoot the first moose, and then the second guy gets to just shoot a, a big one if it comes along. That's That's how we've always done it. And for the most part, we've been pretty fortunate that usually it's, 
it's a 50 that 50 plus that we see see come out and it's always been a little deceiving because we'll get out there and you know you're you're dealing with the rut and the rut just has this sequence of kind of events and so it's like we'll get out there around the 20th or something like that and it seems like you know i've always wanted to go out and and keep track of the moon phases keep Mm. because i used to do that with white tails and you know, you can actually dial that in pretty good and you can almost predict what's going to happen in the next couple of days. And, yeah. and the moose, it's like, we'll, we'll see this flurry of activity with like, we'll, we'll see smaller moose, a bunch of upper forties, something like that. And then it seems like it goes quiet and we will go days without seeing anything. But in the evening time, you'll hear those bulls out there running cows through the brush. I mean, you just can't get those fuckers to come out and get them out of the brush. And then it's usually like pretty much, I mean, of the six or seven bulls we've shot out of there, three of them have been on the 25th, the last night. Wow, no shit. And it was, uh, I mean, last year, the, the moose hunting... That has been probably one of the greatest moments as a hunter I've I've had in Alaska. And so I was standing in, in my meadow there, and, and this place has got a shit ton of wolves. And so I had this cow feeding right in front of me all morning, go back out there in the afternoon, start. It's the last day. I'm going to call. And so she comes back out and is just sitting there as bait 80 yards in front of me and i just keep whinnying away for probably four fucking hours and so it begins to get dark and i'm thinking to myself this is actually not a bad thing i'm not gonna have to pack one of these fuckers out of here (laughs) 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 and and i was actually i'd I'd come come to the the place where i was like i'm okay with that we had a great hunt didn't actually, you know, we had that flurry in the beginning, haven't seen much, this is all right. And the wolves pick up, and so I'm kind of thinking about beginning to, to head back, and I start hearing antlers coming through the other side of the, the other end of the meadow, and fucking moose start piling out. And three or four small bulls come out, two or three cows come out, and I'm just sitting there like, what is going on? Oh, <laughs> shit. And, and this corker is just stuck back in the brush. And you can and, hear... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's getting pissed. And, and so he's sitting there, and he, he can't find a good way to get through the brush. And he starts, uh, like, barking. I don't know if you've heard him bark before. Is it that... that that kind of, I've heard cows do yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, yep. So I've I've bumped some cows, and so he starts doing that, and I can see him picking his head up, and he's, I I, I still believe he was focused on that cow that was yeah. standing right in front of me, and I'm sitting there looking at my watch, and I won't tell you what time I shot this bull, but he... As long as it's light, and you can light, yeah. enough, <laughs> to see, light enough to see, there's nothing wrong with letting him have it. And, and I just, <clears throat> I stood there for a minute, and, you know, the sun was setting, and I, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, my goodness, I've got wolves on this end of the meadow. I've got all these beasts standing in front of me, and there is this ungodly beast stuck on the other side who just wants to fuck me. <laughs> and it was such a wild moment. It was so, um, you know, it was the epitome of of like the hunting experience, yeah. you know? 
and he finally he he made his way out. He had to go down quite a ways, and he just marched his way right over to that cow, and that was the end of that. But um, I, I was always enough that you get the three foot muzzle flash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, it was it was a late oh, late man. kill. But I always look forward to moose hunting. I mean, I, I love seeing the action. That's one thing that I miss with the sheep is you don't get to see that racing around and kind of a lot of that chaos that yeah. that happens. And the moose, I feel like, I mean, they're just, they're a little chaotic. Well, yeah, I mean, you got these like eight foot tall at the shoulder freaking bulldozers crashing yeah. through the brush, you know. And, and that's like one thing that's exciting to me, because, you know, being basically a freaking town, like, take what I can get, moose hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, when I was up helping guide for stand, like, you know, the night after everyone was out of camp, after season ended, I mean, like, had, like, just fucking around with these bulls that, like, I heard called, like, four different bulls into camp, and, like, they start fighting right behind camp, and, like, you can hear them walking through the brush, and it's just, it's telling you, like, it's a, you know, in yeah. my moose hunting experience, my limited moose hunting experience, it's like, oh, man, like, something with paddles? Holy shit. Yeah. We're in it now, you know, and you can just hear them coming and coming and... And then hang up at 80 yards and <laughs> stop forever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind if they hang up at 80 yards, so yeah, long as I can see them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, if you can see them. Yeah. <clears throat> no, um, I like it. Even when we were sheep hunting, it's like, ah, I mean, not to put a damper on the sheep hunt, but I'm really looking forward to going moose hunting this year. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were too, finally sure. like, we're going to. We decided to get serious about it and like, actually, I want to see them raking and doing their shit, you know? Because I'm same thing. I was like, I've never really spent any time like seriously moose hunting. Yep. I don't think the the older bulls, I don't think people give them enough credit. I mean, they're 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 hunted. They're smart. I mean, they've they've probably taken some lead over the years. Yeah. And I mean, they're just they're smart. I mean, you've well, got to hunt them they're hard. All, they're the first ones like they're cowed up as yep. soon as they show up basically. Yeah. Like they're, you know, unless you know, and there's ways I think that you can like antagonize them if you get in the right spot to do it but i mean like they're like they're you may see them from miles away that's usually where or you know out of range you know Mm -hmm. like that's where i've seen all the biggest moose i've ever seen yeah and it's a lot different than having them on the ground you know with your knife peeling their hide back you know (laughs) well it was like with uh ethan the first so I, I brought him hunting, moose hunting. I brought him to moose camp the first year. Um, he didn't, neither of us shot a bull that year. The next year, and, and so as we were going in, it was the first night. And this was, this was again, his year, his mm-hmm. rifle, everything like that. And so it's the first night we're out there. And we're walking out, and I said, odds, odds are probably fairly good that... We're either going to see small bulls or a cranking bull. And that cranking bull is probably going to be hooked up with the first cow that comes into estrus in, in the area. And so we go out there and out comes this cow and she just had this look about her. And I says, God, she looks, she just like, I, I don't know what a cow moose looks like in heat, but she kind of looks like it. 
and fucking out steps right behind her this giant. And he was so methodical with her. He just, um, he would not, ch- he, he didn't chase her around. He just kept his distance. Mm. And it he was. He knew. He's he done knew. this. I've done <laughs> yep. this before. He was, he was just going to sit there and wait. And, and we ended up taking that moose and that was just i mean that was a stud i mean his first moose was 63 inches it yeah. was like you got to be nice. kidding me awesome. <laughs> right on that's I, it, super cool it was super cool but you know i loved seeing that interaction where he would she'd move and he would move and he yeah. wouldn't get you know he wouldn't get much closer than probably 80 yards to her and but wherever she was going he was going and you know nobody's Nobody's fucking with him. No. Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting because you get so fixated on what that bull's doing when right. it's like he's doing whatever the cow's going to do. Yeah. Right. And if <laughs> she's not going point, anywhere, he's not going anywhere. You know, yeah. like the yeah. one that's hanging on the garage when, you know, when, and that wasn't, I mean, that was basically a town bull too. And, you know, when I first saw him, I'm like, please, some fucker's going to come down the road and spook this, you know, spook this thing. And I'm, like more worrying about him, and I'm like, well, the cow's just milling around out there. He's not going to leave her. Yeah. So you know, I calmed down and had to wait my 15 minutes. To, there's a tree in the way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's. I've watched whitetails chasing does that weren't ready. That mm-hmm. are literally like in dead run, like trying to jump on the back of the doe. <laughs> Whereas I'm not. I don't know enough about moose to know. I'd assume they'll do the same thing, but a younger bull would do that whereas you're saying yeah. like yeah. he was just like kept his distance he's like he's gonna know when it's time he's like i'm the fucking man like, yeah like you said he's it's, it's not his first rodeo right yeah. <clears throat> which what you know from what i gather and and you know and and what i think like where we're hunting will end up turn up turn it into because i've you know been out there moose hunting one time in the past unsuccessfully but like did see a really big bull mm-hmm. and you know, I know there's bulls around, just the weather turned to shit yeah. on us, but, um, you know, you get, you get a, a big bull herded up with cows, like, yeah, that big bull's there, but there's also, the cows are still attracting other bulls, yeah. and they're getting mm-hmm. frustrated because they're getting their ass kicked, yeah. or they're having to just kind of hang around the friggin' periphery. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, satellite bulls or whatever they call on yeah. elk, you know, they're just kind of lurking, <laughs> What's lurking, the, waiting for the chance yeah. to... It's the only time that I've ever seen bull moose fighting was going down down by Donley Dome. Going down there, I was going to hike. Shit, this has got to be like 10 or 12 years ago. And we're driving along, and it was after moose season, but like just like you're talking about, like beginning of October, like mm-hmm. when shit is actually happening. We're yep. cruising along, and I'm driving, and my butt, Rob's like, stop, Chuck. We pull over, and I was like, what's going on? He's like, look at those fucking bulls up there. They're locked up. So I look up, and these two huge bulls are just, like, fully locked up, just hammering on each other. Mm. Big moose, like, a yeah. couple of 60-plus-inch bulls. Yeah. And they're hammering on each other. So we're standing there, and I'm, like, fixated on these two bulls that are pushing each other around and shit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Rob's like, look at that. There's another moose. And he's like, oh, and there's an-. And I, you start looking around, and you're like, and there's another one? And another one. So there's one cow, and there's all these bulls. There's two big bulls fighting. Yeah. And then there's a couple of little bulls, like a little 
spiked fork and then like a little maybe yeah. 35 or 36 inch or whatever. Those fucking big bulls would lock up and start fighting, and those younger bulls jump would like on a cow. run in and try and <laughs> jump on her. And she's waiting for whichever one of these two yeah. ends up as the winner. Yeah, and so she'd like run around, and then one of those other bulls, the ones that were fighting, would mm-hmm. see that she was getting chased, and they'd stop. And then the two big bulls that were fighting would like run those little bulls off, yeah. and then they'd go back to freaking no fighting again. And we sat there for shit in an hour, maybe. Yeah. I don't even know how long it was. It was a long Super period cool. of time. that, And the same thing. As soon as they'd, like, get going again, and they're, like, plowing trees over and shit, and it's like, yeah. wow, it's just amazing. <laughs> like, that much power, that much animal, yeah. Yeah. you know, two of them together. And it, the same thing. As soon as they'd lock up and start fighting, those other bulls, those little bulls are just, you could see them. They'd be like (laughs) coming in from all sides, like towards that cow, trying to get as close as they could or trying to actually get on her, you know? And she was obviously like, I'm like ready now kind Mm -hmm. of thing, you know, but waiting for the right, for the right bull. Yeah. And sure enough, they worked over, you know, none of that shit stays forever right in your face. You know, they kind of worked over a ridge and we're like, nah, whatever. I'm not going to go. Hike up there, I could get fucking stomped on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it was, well, there was a couple, maybe a couple people. I think it was a Matt Herkstroder that had some video of bulls down in Denali, you know, park bulls. Like, there were several really nice bulls hanging around, and then this big one, he's like, yeah, none of them bulls wanted anything to do with him. <laughs> Just not even screwing around. Yeah. Like they'd all like would never, wouldn't you wouldn't even look at him if if I remember what he was saying right, but we got I know I've said it on here before too. It's the same thing with sheep. I mean, you see rams just hammering, hammering on each other, hammering on each other. And there's there's big old broomed rams that you know fight all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's other rams that you're like things twisted out and pointing back down at the ground, and it's twelve or thirteen or what, however old it is. Horns are perfect. Never looks like he's never touched heads with another, you know? And it's like some of these animals just got to be like, yeah, well, whatever. I don't, you know, I'll take the scraps or whatever, you know, however you want to say it. (laughs) (laughs) But, or they're just like, check out what I got. You know, I don't need to fight with these guys because I'm getting it anyhow. (laughs) No, well, like, remember that group of rams we seen fighting? We were above them at like 300 yards and. And That's I was, probably the coolest one, this, one of like, the coolest sheep experiences that I've ever. It's it was witnessed. badass, and we like, got a lot of it on video. You know, cool. we're sitting up here, and I hear this, and I can't remember what I say. And you're like, "That's them knocking heads," you know. Yeah. And I was like, fully just rolling footed, like just, for an hour straight. That's cool. and some of these yeah. rams, like the lead ram, we ended up passing on. He was legal, but we ended up passing on him, mm-hmm. and. uh like other rams come up and like kind of hook at him. He didn't like. He was. He didn't want secure. anything to do. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, whatever. You guys can fuck off and play. <laughs> and these other play ones fuck around if you like, want to, yeah, but be feeding, feeding. You know, they were like looking over their shoulder and they'd get in right it's, position. Then they'd flip around and just pow. It was you know? too. It was like you could tell that they were like the whole time, like I'm eating, but I'm like this fucking that try to constant get like <laughs> look yeah. back over the shoulder, and then as soon as one of them. You could tell immediately, like, their body posture, like, everything about, like, how their body 
is changes like in a split second mm-hmm. and they both know it and they're both just like up on their back legs and pow heads Damn. together huh. and then but there they was, there never was... would they never would like if one of them didn't happen to notice it because we literally yeah. it was over yeah. an hour that we watched this shit go down and if for some reason it was there was never what i'd call a sucker punch like oh, if one of yeah. them like reared up and was like i'm gonna come at you and the other one wasn't looking, he'd just like put his feet yeah, back down and yeah, go it, back to feeding again and wait until yeah. the other one was like paying attention and then he'd mm-hmm. like get up and charge at him again. But there was never any like, I'm gonna hit you in the ass or I'm gonna hit you no, sideways well, was, or well, remember the, the one, one yeah, the one would come in, but it was always right yeah. after two of them would hit two their of heads would together. Hit and another one would run up and ram one of them right in the <laughs> ass. But there there was never like what well, I would if the call timing a wasn't punch, right, yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. Like there was never like a head to head that would come into like oh I hit you in the side or something like that. It was like they were really methodical about making sure that the whoever they were gonna you know butt their heads with mm-hmm. was paying attention. Which I thought that was really. It's really I mean, watching sheep for hours and hours. And yeah, hours. it's just like especially in it's the like, same with you know, moves, August, the same September, with everything. You don't you know it's, it's you don't expect to like see that pre, then you know way yeah. pre rut. Is is that a part of their setting their social structure? I think kind of I, their hierarchy? I or? think they do. I like, assume so, yeah. I think yeah. it probably happens year-round mm-hmm. to a degree. Yeah. Um, one guy told me that they, him and his buddy, like, you know, cub, got cubs, good pilots, and, like, that years past they'd watched, had found a, a pair of really big rams and watched them all summer, like, kept an eye on them as they were moving, and they said they actually were there – and got to watch their first interaction with another band of rams oh, and wow. said that both of those rams went to every single ram in that group, put their chin on the top of their head, pushed it down to the ground, and held it there for a little bit. Both of those rams, did, you know, at least the, the what I remember of the story, that they watched both of those rams do that, and, like, yeah, like they were dominant wow. rams. Dominant rams, yeah. 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 And and that's what's so cool is I I think you know being able to take I would take that dominant animal as as a hunter unless I decided I want to just see it live forever and die old. Which, but I mean, seeing those dominant animals be dominant, I I don't think there's it's one of the finest spectacles of nature. Yeah, what you're seeing is you're just all about upsetting the power structure. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're in charge? Kapow! You're number one now, buddy. <laughs> I shot the ram that two years in a row now that wasn't the fanciest sheep, but he was the oldest and the, like, in charge. Yeah. yeah. Out of both groups of rams last year and this year, it was definitely the sheep that was like, I'm in charge. Like, yeah. Everybody did like followed suit to what that ram was doing. Yep, you know. And I don't know if we're <clears throat> if we uh, had talked about it when we told like our story, but like after looking at these pictures and going back through some video, we're pretty sure that the ram he killed this year is a ram that we like decided not because we thought he was seven, but he would have been he would have been eight. Yeah. So you know, and a lot of times, like the way we when we're aging them, they ended up they end up being. Older, a older year older than, than, we than you think they, they are. They are. Um, 
and this ram, you know, we had like at 80 yards or something like that. And you're, Frank's like, oh, I would love to shoot that ram. He's so cool. Like just wide, like he was not like ever going to come around. He's like growing freaking. out instead of up, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, ah, that's very good chance I that that's him. Because the age, the age would line up perfectly. Yeah. yeah. And the look was, lines up perfectly and the yep. area lines up, per- like everything about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it was it was funny because that same, you know, that sheep was the one that same year. We, we were actually well, trying, we were to, trying kill, to We were trying to shoot, shoot, shoot that sheep. Yeah. It's cool to be like. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're like killing rams like couple, sometimes one or two years or, or four years later that we've seen. That we're like, okay, we'll just wait on that or, you know, can't get after it or whatever the case may be. But it's neat to, like, see these sheep and be like, wow, that's definitely it, you know? Yeah. Be like 100%, like, I've seen this sheep before. Yeah, like, he was unmistakable. I mean, it was the year, you know, it was that year we were trying to kill him and he was with three others, one of which is the ram that we are pretty sure Frank killed this year. We filmed this sheep. So I was like, you stay down here, I'll run up there, and then I'll film you, like, walking up to the sheep. Yeah. And before he even got up to sheep, I was like, this is the same fucking sheep that we were chasing yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah. You were like, no way. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, he was such a pain in the ass the year before, and he was so simple oh, yeah. the year you shot him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we, like, had chased him several. Molt, you know, like. Because you were trying to kill him at first, and mm-hmm. then we decided, ah, well, we'll, you know. Leave him be, see, see what else what, we can see find. See what else we could find. You shot that nice one, and then, you know, like, all right, well, I'll come back. And, yeah, because we had looked over. We'd spent, we were probably in there almost two weeks at that point. Yeah. And we're like, well, we, we're running out of food, so I'll try to kill this one. And it just didn't work out. Like, we got 40 yards from one of the ones in his bunch. And I don't know where they went, but the next time we saw them, they were out the next. Mm-hmm. Up, they were, like, two next, miles away yeah. running straight away from us. We're like. There's like no Shit. wind, no nothing that <laughs> yeah. could have like clued them in that we were there. That was really weird. Yeah. That was a very bizarre bizarre deal, but Yeah. But whatever, there he yeah, is. There he is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah. Oh freaking I can't wait to go moose hunting. And I'm even more excited now. Like I've been getting just progressively more wound up about it. And then that's what I said the other day. I was like, "Well, I can give you my grocery list, and you can just leave me here." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got some mountain house, and I can get by. <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah, Nick, that was funny. The exchange fucking rifle was in the boat, though. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we because uh, well, we got a group text going, and buddy Nick was he's out in the field now. Flew out, and you know they're limited to like fifty pounds or something mm-hmm. like that a person, and. I knew you. I knew you were egging him on when. when I, te- <laughs> I texted him and I was like, "You guys eating?" Because they had just come back from a successful sheep hunt, and I was like, "You guys drinking some beers and eating sheep steaks or what?" And he's like, "Well, actually, I got family in town. We're getting ready to go out moose hunting, and we're kind of downgrading gear. We're trying to figure out trying to cut you know, weight, cut yeah. weight, and trying to figure out how much." And I was like, "Oh." I'm just trying to see how much bacon and eggs that I'm going <laughs> to bring with me. And I was just like, you're like, we're having bacon and eggs in our moose camp. Yeah, we're having bacon and eggs yeah. in, our, in our moose camp and stuff. And 
He came back and said something like, "Oh, well, I'm going to be too busy, too busy skinning." <laughs> no, he to, went, he had to, to go too, like too, divert too, to the too busy skinning <laughs> to to be eating bacon and eggs. And I was like, "Oh man, it doesn't matter. All all that matters to me, I think I wrote to him. All that matters to me is every morning when you wake up, you're going to think about bacon and eggs now." <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad, and I was like, "Dude, I'm just fucking with you, you know? Don't, yeah, don't, don't get pissed. I'm just screwing around." Yeah. He knows Nick's a good shit. He knows. Oh yeah, we all give each other shit. I hope those Com- guys are doing. Constantly. I haven't heard anything uh, I, from I, him. He said that they seen a wolf at like five hundred yards moving today, so like they didn't get a shot at it. But no shit. So they saw Temp- a bunch of caribou on the way in. Said so they haven't seen any at camp yet. But I mean, I'm sure Temple, it's only for, all, time. for all the Temple fans out there. Yeah, he didn't get it. He didn't get his rifle out quick enough this morning. Ooh. And he said, ah, well, well, we'll be all right. So no caribou. But there was a bull this morning that he couldn't get a shot at fast enough. So. Yeah, Temple will be all right. Yep. Keep, pu- keep pulling for Temple. He does pretty good. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, he does. He seems to get a moose almost every year. Yeah. But, Moo, yeah, we're setting up moose camp. It's pretty scoop. Scook him the old Arctic oven. The big one. What's that? The 12-footer? I don't is know it, if it's a ten or twelve. Or 12? I don't know exactly. No, there's an eight, a ten, and a twelve. I think I think there's a twelve. I think it's a ten. Maybe I'm not 10. exactly sure. It's a big fucking tent. I don't remember. All I know is that big time upgrade from sheep camp. When we did yeah. it, we went all in and was like, "Why don't we do this?" Two of us went in on it. I was like, "I want the fucking liner, the fly, yeah. the fucking like. I want to get everything. I'm not big on putting. They make a like a." footprint for them mm-hmm. i've never been big on putting a footprint under a tent because i'm always like well if any part of that gets water on it it's like there no, it's, it's like stuck yep. there so i'm always the like layers. i don't need that but like i put the i got the footprint for inside of it mm-hmm. so you're not like stomping holes through the bottom of it kind yep. of thing but fucking wood stove and Cots. just it's un. It's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, we got like sleeping bags yeah. laid out on cots out there, yeah. and we're ready to just move we're right ready in. To roll. Like, I just got a tote full could, of food and, and some clothes. You know, we could roll up and see smoke coming out of the chimney and be like, "Who the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody's in <laughs> Somebody's our, in our, our shit." <laughs> so when when do you guys go out? We're gonna go up Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. 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 Nice. My wife's got to work the last couple of days of the season, so I mean, if we can't kill one between the tenth and the twenty-first, like or kill two, yep, yeah, you know, have opportunities mm-hmm. to kill two bulls. You know, we're, yeah. we're doing something serious. We've been wrong. saying the whole time: if we if we can't have opportunities to kill two, we've already had opportunity. We've to kill already one. had the opportunity to <laughs> yeah. kill one, but we left the <laughs> rifle in the boat, thinking like, "Oh, we're gonna have ten days." So well, we yeah, and I wouldn't have shot him the first day anyway. So yeah. Yeah, it should be good. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be in town, one. I'm not going to be working, two. I'm not going to be and sweating. It's like, I'm going to be like, <laughs> you know, just awesome. I love being out there, you know? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's cool getting into spots, you know, being again, being a town moose hunter where you, like, start seeing them and hearing them actually do moose stuff because mm-hmm. you just don't see it around town so much. Yeah. You know, it's not to say they don't do it, but you don't st- – see it and hear it they're they're a little bit i don't know it's just different it's just a different ball game you know there's not bulls raking everywhere and cows every night and stuff like that 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's still just to, you know, there there are nights where it'd be like dead quiet and you go out and you just kind of rake real softly and all of a sudden you'd hear one sound off over there and then one would sound off over there and then one sounds off over there. And and those are those nights, even though I know it's a it's a quiet night, yeah. nothing's going to move, that to me is still such a great night of hunting. Oh, it's to so just, cool. Sit there and, and to just sort of know that they're there and yeah. and I've tried to figure out if they if they if they're sizing each other up, you know, based on like I, I I've wondered if because there's been times I've heard six different bulls all just doing that at once, yeah, and and sometimes you'll hear them do it on their own even if I don't don't start it right at dusk right at dusk on those calm calm dead dead calm nights. And to just kind of sit there, I mean, those, I love moose camp. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love moose camp. <laughs> well, no, and it's, you know, and stuff like that, like, it's just, it would just fascinate me because I just don't know, you know, like, you know, talking to Stan Parkerson, I mean, he like guided moose hunters for years and he'll, oh, yeah. you know, and he's like, like, you know, and I've talked to him quite a bit about, it's like, you know, this kind of grunts like a, just a, hey, I'm over here mm-hmm. type of grunt, like this kind of grunts, like a, I want to kick your ass grunt, you know. And, it, you know, I mean, sometimes you call these fucking bulls in chopping firewood. Like, sure. But I like those it, bulls. I like, I love those <laughs> right? bulls. Those Everybody are the likes best those bulls. bulls. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's pretty fascinating to like, yeah, like what's really going on and, you know, I think I think like there really is a you know it's like some guys love cow calling way more than bull calling. Some guys mm-hmm. like using bull sounds more than cow. Some you know yeah. most people are just kind of freaking slinging shit out there in a mix. Yeah, and it generally will work. You know. Yeah. My um, thought process is all like always in my limited experience has been like if you cow call, you're cow calling to all the bulls. When you start bull grunting, it's like. Maybe some of the smaller bulls that are harvestable are not going to come to mm-hmm. you, you. You know, know? thinking like, well, oh, that's a dominant bull or whatever, you know. Yep. But uh, obviously, like I said, very limited experience. So, you know, I I have called in, in, in my experience is limited as well. I've called in more cows with a cow call than I have bulls. Interesting. Oh no shit. See, I've yeah. had I've had cow like cows pipe off immediately like when times I've started raking. Mm-hmm. Some I mean not every time, but there's been times where it's like rake, rake, grunt, grunt, you know, and like a cow like pipes off immediately. And then do it again, she like, pipes off immediately. Like I think there's some degree of back and forth where like sometimes cows will come to the bulls, sometimes mm-hmm. the bulls are coming to the cows. You know, and then those cows, I've I've heard them like off in the distance, whinnying all day, nonstop huh. for mm-hmm. like fucking eight, ten hours. I mean, no you know, shit. they might like, and I'm they worried might about calling too much. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's that's what I wondered, and that was kind of my theory the last night of the season. And then that cow comes out, and I'm like, I'm just gonna sit here and call for the remainder of the night and and see what happens. And you know, it might have worked in that scenario. He might have come out anyways. I have no idea right. what really yeah. worked and what didn't, but I but know. But it didn't scare him off. <laughs> and I know that that cow came out to my, I mean, she came out and just started looking. And I'm like, I, hmm. I don't know if she sees me or not. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep making some noise and see what happens. And 
she just calmed, settled right down. And I mean, mm. we became friends. I mean, we had lunch together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best kind of best kind of bait right there. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Have you ever drawn a Vermont or New Hampshire, like a Maine tag or for moose? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I drew, well, my father, so again, no one in my family hunted. Yeah. And so my dad, I would always, every year I'd pay for his application him fee. Yeah, yeah. I'd put him in. And sure as shit, I think it was 2009, 2009 or 11, he, he drew. And so, so you get the hunter, the guide, and the shooter, whatever it is. Yep. So you in, get you're in Vermont then. Yep. So right. in in Vermont, you have two shooters on the tag mm-hmm. and a guide. So you're allowed three people on mm-hmm. your hunt, and you could bring your whole family, I guess, if you wanted to. But, right. Um, and so that that summer, holy shit! I just dedicated the whole summer to scouting. Find a moose. Yeah, find a moose. Yeah. And it's it's really Which I mean, t- where did you draw for? Um so it was the southern end of the Green Mountains. So like the Stratton Okay, right um, on kinda Wardsboro, Reedsboro type area. And so mm-hmm. they've actually got some some Somerset yeah. some some real good bowls down in there. And it was um I took a week off before the season started to scout my last spot. So I spent the summer looking for old sign, found all the old, old bull sign. Yeah. And then just started hitting spots right before the season started. And we saw a, I saw just a, and actually this was the first hunt that I filmed. And so I filmed all the scouting and we found all kinds of sheds and shit and, um, saw a cranking bull and so we were headed back in there, and the the cool thing about Vermont is the bulls, the moose come out whole. Yeah. So half the fun is going to the check-in stations to see people fucking with bringing moose in, and they winch moose. them up in the <laughs> yeah. air and weigh them, and which is a pretty foreign concept. Yeah. How did you get yours out? So we used a horse. Nice, right on. And so yeah. we we ended up shooting that four just over four miles from the from the road. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Well, I called, so I I found this bull like six miles back in, and I was like, I that I don't know what our li- it's in the there's no motorized vehicles in the Green Mountain National Forest, yeah. and I'm thinking, you know, quartering an animal back home was like uh, just unheard of. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And so I called this this guy who had horses who pulls moose out, and I says, what's what's your limitation when it comes to distance? And he says, you shoot it. We'll drag it out. Just don't shoot the thing in the middle of a swamp. And I said, okay. And so our our agreement was if it had palmation, we'd shoot it. Now you can shoot a bull or you get a a bull or cow or just a cow tag. And we had a bull or cow. And so we said, if it's got palmation, we're not going to pass it. And we're on our way into this area opening morning. And I had just done a couple calls and... This bowl comes in and fuck, we couldn't pass it up. So nice that 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 was that. But seeing a horse dra- now, this moose dressed out at five ninety five, five hundred ninety five so like pounds, a big calf. Well, they're Cana- yep. Canadian moose. Yeah, yeah. And yep. How did they tell you how old it was and all that kind so of stuff? So I think it was four, so four like, year old. So moose. you think it'd probably be about like the size of like a one year old. 
here you think maybe you're a little smaller than that well, that's the thing that's funny is everybody's like oh different. these moose are different you know they're t- those moose back east are tiny and the shire's moose are obviously the smallest of the, mm-hmm. the you know all the moose but jesus christ man there's some 65 inch moose in oh, vermont geez. maine yeah. you know there's yeah. big now, fucking big bull, bulls yeah, yeah. Now they what they the don't have is the body the mass, bulk yeah. that, that these ones do. But yeah. antler wise, you can go if if you do your work, you can shoot some stud oh, stud wow. bulls. Yep. Yeah. And but seeing that horse drag that moose through the woods, there's no stopping something. the fucking horse. No, and they so they just s- go. Snap antlers off. I mean, they just the horse gets going and and they go. And you know if if you can use a skitter or four wheelers or side by side something yeah. like that. And that's my dad and my brother both have shot moose in Vermont, and they both pulled them out with they, they had tractors. They both were fortunate enough to get them in areas that they could take their own tractor in cool. and, and yep. get them out. And they're both, I think both of them, one of them was 52 or something like that, and the other one was a 50-inch bull. Oh, those wow. are good. Yeah, yep. both really nice bulls. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And those those were up north, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Both, I think both of them were D2. Okay. Which is, yeah, in the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So for non-Vermonters, what's the kingdom? The northeast part of the state of Vermont. The best part? It's, well, it's pretty much like right up by the Canadian border. Yeah. And it's like least amount of people. You get the most area without people yeah. in it. And yeah. It's kind of, I don't know, would you just call it logging country for the most? I mean, is that the main industry there still? I mean, or? kind of, but I don't know. There's just. I don't know, that whole area of Vermont's neat. There's gores. Like, Vermont has counties, the whole state, except for there's gores in the, like, oh, up no there shit. in the northeast, huh. where it's like, okay. when they originally, like, surveyed areas, they fucked up and, like, left these <laughs> weird, like, diamonds and triangles where, like, all their surveying didn't quite line up, yeah, and it yeah. leaves these areas where they're like, well, we got a state here with a line around it, and we got all these different counties but we got these areas that we don't have charted. Dead space. But there's still between. space. So they called them gores, and there's like, uh, uh, I don't know, like Avery's gores gore. Like if you're laying some, out like a... Like yeah. A, well, like, it's just missed areas, and that's what they ended yeah. up being called as gores. And well, it makes sense because like, like being, few a, different, being an insulator by trade when you're covering like... Or like if you're a sheet metal guy making mm-hmm. like ninety degree fittings in when you end up with pieces, that. each of those different pieces, the way they're laid out is kind of like that, and you call it a gore. Right on, huh. yeah. Okay. So, um, not to get all Stephen Rennell on, right? But some of these, some of these, some of these places have roads, some of them don't. But yeah, there's a lot of logging, and there's just a lot of land that's like swampy and shitty, and yep. like areas that people don't want to be in, or you know yep. whatnot. Um, but yeah, a lot of moose up there. Well, at least there used to be. I don't think it's it's nothing like it was like twenty, you know, fifteen twenty years ago. Well, there was a short period of time where I think Vermont was giving out just as many permits as the state of Maine, and yeah, I think last year it was like two. Yeah, small. Yeah. Like it's it's essentially the the moose hunting in Vermont is over. Gone. Yeah, well, yeah. Like they've it's had no major problems with it. ticks, isn't it? Yeah. Winter ticks or whatever in yeah. in that country. Well, see that that big bull that that I saw, it um in in his whole back was like white, and I had no idea. And so I started asking around and showed a couple of people it's the footage. Covered, and, huh? Well, so what what happens is they get they get their ticks 
and it's irritating and they go and they find something and they rub their fur off. Yeah. And so then what you're seeing is the white dry skin on oh, their body yeah. and then that's how they freeze to death in the wintertime. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I've been told that uh, the reason that deer don't have as much problems as moose is because deer groom groom themselves more than moose do. Like huh. moose will try and rub themselves off. Yeah. Where deer will actually groom themselves, with, hmm. like with their mouth, their feet, and like pull ticks off of themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um. But whether that's true or not, I I don't know. But um, you'd think that they're both ungulates. They're both, you know, it's a deer family. Mm-hmm. They both be like self-grooming animals. But for some reason, apparently, moose don't groom like deer do, like white-tailed deer do. Yeah. And they have they suffer much w- more with the ticks. So mm. it's not supposed to like have anything to do with moose having that shorter hair because you seem like the pictures you see you see them on their hawks and shit like that where they got yeah, that that hair gets real short. Where yeah. well, they, you find ticks on deer and they're always in the same places. Yeah. They're like up in their you know armpits they're like all around their face and they're up in their armpits and they're freaking wildebeest I killed last year had ticks all over the thing. Yeah, it's fucking nasty. You like deer like where my brother lives on Nantucket, you shoot deer and you're just like hang you get the guts out of me, hang them up and then you like check yourself, yeah. get the fucking ticks all off you and then hang them up and you go out there the next day and you're just like can watch them just fucking falling off the deer because once yeah. they're dead and ticks don't want nothing to do with no. them you know they're like gone i want to be off somewhere else on another deer and it is just fucking gross you know that's that's something i don't miss i mean there's i i, I guess i have heard there are some ticks coming up this way i don't know if they're the same type or i think most of I've, them have been brought up on like pets and stuff like that from what i gather yeah, there's not like I think there. I mean, there's just some weird bugs that you know. There, I, th- I think there are some species of native ticks, but it's not like they're they're not that kind of tick. It's like getting on moose and. Okay, so they're not having any tick problems down in the southeast with the deer down there yet. Uh, not that I've heard of. Yeah. You know, I could be wrong. I know they've started to like, you know, put the word out like for people to pay attention. Yeah. Um, and that they're kind of monitoring the moose and stuff like that, you know, cause that winter tick stuff seems like a really big deal and, uh, and can kill off a lot of moose in a hurry. And for the people too, I mean, I, I think I'd rather go get COVID than Lyme disease. Oh yeah. I mean, since, just since I've moved, I mean, the explosion is just continued to expand of itself of Lyme yeah. disease. And it's like, every time I call home. Someone else has got it. Someone else is dealing with it, and it's like, holy shit! Jeez, just yeah. yeah there, there's something like Frank said. They're just fucking gross. Yeah, yep. I mean, I get, I freaking hate yellow jackets with a passion, but I guess <laughs> better than ticks. I mean, yeah, my uh, just you know, it's a, it's. I a, find myself saying like every year, oh, it's a weird year this way or that or that way. But like, there's a lot of freaking yellow jackets this year for how wet it is. I mean, I remember there was a one particular year. I don't. Know, I mean, it was over ten years ago that I just remember they're freaking everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it was hot and dry. You know, it seems like yeah. rainy years like it's been this summer. But all the ones I've found have been ground nests. Yeah, I haven't seen hardly anything up in the trees. Now I wonder if that's can can the same bee make a ground nest and a paper nest? I don't know if they're slightly different species. I've noticed that the ones this year seem smaller, a little bit smaller mm-hmm. than normal. Like 
a little bit bigger than a big fly. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if it's a different subspecies that's doing. I mean, I've seen some, like, you can tell the queens or the females that are flying around because they're big fuckers. Like, I mean. Tyler's scared shitless I'm of scared. Bees. I hate bees. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, and I haven't been stung in a few years. Last time I got stung, I got stung like 15 times. Yeah. But my poor kid, well, he's got stung probably 17 times this summer, you know, on the different, like, three different whacks, you know. My daughter got, she got a couple. But he, you know, and he only got one. His was kind of mild that first time over when I was helping you with your garage. But, I mean, he stepped on a nest back here and freaking got lit to, lit yeah. up. And uh, then just the other day had him out grouse, took him grouse hunting, and he shot it. You know, he missed a rough grouse, and I'm telling him, like, it's okay, man. Like, you know, these things are spooky, and so yeah. we'll find spruce grouse, and we're tootling down the trail and you know see oh there's another one is it a spruce grouse (laughs) (laughs) yep so we get out and you know get him set up and he shoots the thing and all right and while we follow him farther back into the i was going to follow him farther back into the woods and we you know walk about 15 yards farther and ah, like they're all you know spooked off so turn around i hear this buzzing and it's like freaking september and it's pretty cool in the morning and i'm like it sounds like that sounds like wasps but like maybe airplane or something like yeah. that anyway walk back up and pick up his bird he's like just talking he's like dad something stung me and i'm like oh shit and i look at him and his freaking hoodie it's like that one that's hanging up there is freaking covered in he's probably got uh. 25 of them suckers like on his on his hoodie, like, just stinging. Yeah. And, you know, so, like, did some research, and, like, their venom has, like, an attack pheromone or, like, an alarm pheromone. So, like, they're freaking just juicing him up with that shit. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, like, don't swat, you know, yeah. like, ca- calm down. Like, and I was like, daddy's petrified right now. <laughs> I'm like, stay calm, <laughs> son. <laughs> it's like... I've got a can of hairspray and a lighter in the, <laughs> the truck. <laughs> but, I mean, eventually I'm like, hey, don't swat it. I'm like, you looking I'm, at a three-and-a-half-year-old being like, if you only knew how scared I am right now, son. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, you know, he started panicking. But then, you know, I'm, and then, I like, once he started, I just grabbed my hat and swatted as many yeah. of them off of him as I could and yanked his sweatshirt off and threw him in the truck and... You know, it was, yeah. but it, it gets was to weird a because certain like, point where there's like, there's only one thing you can do and it's like, start ripping clothes off and like yeah. getting away from the problem. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we did. Yeah. Like ran over to the truck, rip, rip his, you know, sweatshirt off. And then yeah. like the first thing I dig through his hair. Cause that's last time. Cause over here, you know, I could see so him on his, his shirt hair. and I ripped his shirt off and, yeah. you know, of course he gets one in his hair and got stung on his head. Yeah. But he ended up, I mean, for like as many wasps were on him, he got stung like Three times on one hand, twice on the other hand, and two times like on his back. That's pretty lucky, you know. Yeah. F- can all things considered, I was like, "Holy shit!" And yeah. it just sucks because it's not like some problem bear that you can just ace him right in the freaking <laughs> forehead and be no, like, exactly. "Fuck you!" You know, yeah. We're, yeah. we're done. Yeah. It's settled. Like the odd, the the score is settled. That you know, there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. but run. Yeah, and uh, that's just it with them fucking things. I'm always like, I want to kill you. Like, hit it. And then I'm like, Ugh, don't If hit I it. don't kill you right yeah. away, you're yeah, just going to get mad. You're going to sting me, <laughs> or you're going to tell your friends to sting yeah. me. Well, like, when we were hauling stuff out, out there the other day, there was one of the females, like, landed on our, like, 
bag on her freaking camp, you know, trailer hauling camp out there. And yeah. Rachel got a stick. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I keep poking at it, and it's like, turns around, and it's like, puts his head like, up, and it like <laughs> starts turning around, and I'm like, well, that thing's angry. And then I was like, well, fuck, if I piss it off, is it going to fly right over here and sting me? Finally, I was like, waited till we started moving, and I like, let it walk all the way across. So it was like right on the edge of the trailer, and I took my little stick, and I was like, flip, and I flipped it, and it went <laughs> right down under the trailer tire. I was like, right into the swamp, right in the water and shit. I was like, yep, see you later, never. <laughs> Game over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Ticks are no fun. Snakes are no fun. I kind of was like, There's I a lot know. of cool shit that we don't have to deal with up here. Yeah. There you is, know? yeah. And what do we got to deal with? These freaking yellow jackets and hornets and all and that bears, shit for yeah. like a couple, couple months. months. Yeah. You know? And then it's like, we got no bugs, no nothing, you know, for like eight months of the year. You don't have to deal with shit. There's certainly no snakes. There's, you know... No, no spiders, ticks, scorpions. really. I mean, yeah, according well, to I, some, there's ticks around or whatever. Freaking, but yeah, yeah, I've never like seen a tick. So yeah. much bullshit. Well, I guess down in Kodiak, there's um, brown recluse in certain areas. On, I've heard on there, Kodiak, there's some there are, around here because, like, 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 like the military, you know, like some of the yeah. moving and you know, like there's cockroaches on, like, in the utilidors on the army base and yeah, shit like that. But for the most part, we got it pretty fucking good. Yeah, I'd much rather deal with one great big thing than a bunch of little things. Yeah. Well, it's all the sneaky shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I'd, I'll just traipse right through freaking waist-high grass, not even think yeah. twice about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in South Africa last year, and I'm like, I didn't freaking walk nowhere without putting my feet down. You know, I bet. Even right, like, the, like, little... Like room I was staying in, yeah. go to walk in there, and a freaking tail slithers off there with a freaking <laughs> cobra. Yuck. And yeah, I'm all set with snakes. We were that stalking. We were stalking something and walking back to the Jeep, and Peach is like, oh, yeah, tracker seen a cobra like slither into this, just like a freaking overgrown bush, you know, and there's nothing around it. And just like some very short brush right around it. And like they said, the crows like were chasing it or birds were chasing it in there. And so we were going to go over there, kill it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, watch out. They're pretty fast. Like, don't worry about me. I'll be about 30 yards back here with my (laughs) rifle and the safety off ready to shoot this thing. But one of the guys I know when he goes down to Texas to go, go hog hunting, they do as much rattlesnake hunting as anything. Yeah. They've killed some huge snakes. It's Fucked unbelievable. Up. Yeah. It's yeah. gross. <laughs> I never, even in Vermont, like little garter snakes or whatever. <laughs> fucking Didn't little like red bellies or whatever. You know them little yeah. ones, the little red belly one, the yeah. black with the red belly. Fucking snakes are just gross. Yeah. I don't know what it is about them things, but. Ugh. No. <clears throat> yep, we got it pretty freaking good. Yeah. This is the time of year, though. Like, this is it. What's well, my favorite time of year? Even as long as I can remember, like, so, since I've been fucking little kid, fall time is the time of year. The best time of year. The The air feels, like, clearer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. On those clear days. Yeah. Oh, there's you like know? Yeah. so many things about the fall that's, like, yeah, so nice. You ever like you ever walk outside in the morning, or you know whether you're in ten or like walk outside, take a breath, and you're like a moose is going to die this morning. 
Like you just like you feel you can feel it in the air. Like I'm not you start even, to get that. It sounds weird. Well, but I'm not even joking. Like there's yeah. so many times like you know even hunting around town. Like I'm gonna kill a moose this morning and freaking you feel the. It's like when you take a breath in in the morning when it's cold like that. It's not obviously it's not like when it's 30, 40 below. Or <laughs> the whatever. air hurts yeah. your face. Ranks, yeah. But it's like you take that breath in and it's like you can feel it. It's not like in the summer, you know. You feel breathing and it's like oh yeah nice mm-hmm. it's good good temperature comfortable yeah I yeah like fall. those those days i call those days killing days killing like, days it's aptly yeah i i don't always kill on those days but those are the days that i just don't don't come in for lunch don't do anything just stay out yeah and it just feels good to be out there with with yeah. a weapon it's just so many times it's like, you know, like this is a, yeah. a freaking, you know, something's going to die today. And it, yeah, like it doesn't always work out, but a lot of times yeah. it does. Yeah, but I would be willing to bet that on those days that you think are killing days, what you call them, yeah. somebody's killing. Somebody's yeah. killing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, that's for sure. So Frank was making fun, giving a little jostling at your hat there. Oh, the, the Sitka. The Sitka. Like he was like, you're gonna get beat up around this town wearing that hat. Now. <laughs> well, shit, I mean, it, Sitka was all good until about a week and a half ago, or whenever the hell that shit went down. So I- explain that. I heard someone say, I- I- "I'm gonna fuck so, it all up." Oh so, yeah, tell yeah, me so exactly you're, you're, what happened. So Jason and Doctor Frank Schultz are freaking smart, and they're not on social media because they actually have lives to live. And so. Sitka Gear made this post, you know, what they, like, announced, you know, some, whether it's a done deal or not, I don't know. But basically, it looks like they're going to be able to drill in that one o- that 1002 area okay. in Anwar that we, we like, I say we collectively, like, a lot of us in the state of Alaska have been wanting to freaking open up for some drilling for, de- you know, years, decades. Well... So once they announced that basically it looks like that's going to happen, Sitka Gear made a post on Facebook and Instagram. They post all these pictures. One's caribou, like up in the mountains. Another one's the northern lights with a bunch of trees around. Um, one's a muskox. You can't tell exactly where it's at. Um, put all these pictures up, and they're like, we feel like it's our duty to stand up for wild places and you know, and their initial post is said the port. You know, the this area is the birthing grounds for the largest caribou herd on earth, which is bullshit. It's not true, and they changed it later. They said one of the largest, mm. and you know, basically saying like that taking their making their freaking hill to die on against drilling in uh, in Anwar, which. I mean, there's obviously, like, some people that live up here that are against that. And, you know, if you're, like, if you just don't want it touched and that's your opinion, like, okay. But they gave, like, the pit, the photos they used and the information they gave was super misleading. Um, especially when you have, like, over 40 years of, like, dat- population data to look at. You know, in the oil fields now, which, you know, in, in, I talked to, I mean, you know, him, biologist that doesn't specifically mm-hmm. work on that herd, but is like, look, like everyone was using the same arguments when they put the pipeline in and the oil fields up there that, mm-hmm. you know, it was going to disrupt calving 
and migration and all this bullshit. Like they buried so much of that pipeline. Like areas so caribou wouldn't be spooked. They didn't think caribou would walk under it. Mm-hmm. It's done nothing. And how many pictures the, have you seen of caribou standing under the pipeline and under where buildings. it's above ground? Yeah, I've seen plenty. Well, I've yeah. actually see, been up there and seen them standing under the pipeline. Well, like, and they crowd under in the, the shade. They crowd <laughs> under the buildings. All the all the build. Like, Holy shit, thank you. <laughs> well, not only that, but on drill pads, like on the gravel pads, yeah. on under the buildings, because all the buildings up there are on, they're temporary. They're mm-hmm. on pilings to keep the permafrost from melting. Mm-hmm. The caribou found that not only can they crowd under there and get in the shade, but it freaking funnels the wind through there and keeps the bugs off them. And that caribou herd has grown exponentially along with the oil development. Like, the more the oil development grew up there, the more the caribou herd grew. And, I mean, they made this stupid fucking post and, I mean, got lit up pretty good. Even the governor was like, like the governor screenshotted it and was like, yeah, these guys are not. Yeah, right. With guys that are using petroleum to make all, I mean, make all, their, their product mm-hmm. are... And you know, probably against, like against and, petroleum. And in all honesty, like probably cheap, like Chinese or Russian, petro- you know, wherever I don't know where their textiles are made. Right, and, and it's not saying do they I, don't but. make a lot of really good gear because they do, but it's just like it's not like it's it, like everything goes from being like all right, you know, a freaking hunting pro comp, you know. You're looking for the label. I'm going to slowly not China, 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 yes, yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah, China, China. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, well, so I listen to the freaking like the conservative corner radio every day. On yeah, the, you know, and David Pruz has got Dunleavy this on, is the, a ra- local on the radio program, on the radio. Yeah. Um, shit, it was. Friday, I guess. Yeah, it would have been Friday. And, you know, there's having, you know, like political chat going on. And somebody called in and was like, you know, I'd like to just thank you as a governor for, you know, piping up. There's a lot of um, Alaskan hunters that are <laughs> burning their Sitka gear in their backyard right now. Oh, yeah. That, because of this whole thing, and I, he, he, this guy just basically called in to be like, "Thank you for actually like standing up and being like, hey, look, you know, you guys are wrong. It's this fucking is not. It's a you guys are down stance, in yeah. in Montana or wherever the hell you're at. And this guy was funny. He was like, they stole their fucking name for their company from our from our state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, but. You know, it was just like a guy calling in to be like, thank you for, you know, for the governor to stand up and be like, hey, look, you know, like these guys are making, you know, comments that they don't know what they're talking about. No, they don't. And, and like, you know, Grant, like there's certain people live up here that like just don't want to see it touched. And all right, that's your opinion. Understandable. At least Mm -hmm. that's like a defensible, you know, you're not using all this bullshit like. Oh well, there's been studies of Labrador woodland caribou that show that oil development ex- affects uh, right. their cabbing. It's like, well, yeah, to a degree, caribou are caribou, but when you have this much data, literally, like you can get on Google Earth and the freaking pads at Point Thompson are like twenty between, or like twenty miles or less. You know, the, you know, starting at like twenty miles from where they're wanting to drill, and you can look at like where they the known oil deposits are. Mm-hmm. They're all out on the fucking coast in the flat freaking swamp. 
not where and, a caribou is going to be. You know, we're talking about like it's right there, like a day's walk yeah. from where they're like, oh, this sacred freaking calving ground is. You know, it's like caribou don't care. Like they're kind of fucking stupid animals. You know, and you're talking about this herd that that ranges like you know well into Canada, down to the south side of the brooks, around. Yeah. It's like you know, may there be some effect, yeah. But when you have right, you know, a few miles away, like a perfectly good example of like the coexistence of that development and the the ecosystem as it is. I mean, there's animals everywhere, and they yeah. like guys will say like you know. They'll abandon a piece of equipment and have to order a new piece of equipment if a seagull makes a nest on it up there. And I mean, seagulls freaking trash birds until yeah. they abandon it and yeah. then they can use it again, you know? Like it's, and, and that's what everybody's pissed about is these idiots have no freaking clue. Well, they've never been they, here. They've never you know, seen it. That's like the best look they've ever had is Google Earth. Yep. And, and what's, I think, you know, and what, also pisses people off is just the irresponsibility like because there's a lot of people down in lower 48 and other places that also have never been up there never see and it sounds like a good idea you know oh yeah like obviously we want to freaking protect a lot of that you know protect that country and keep it keep it working like none of us and a lot of the freaking oil field workers are just as passionate of hunters and experienced as any of us you know they don't want to you know well, I just and, and that's got to be infuriating because seeing it on a daily freaking basis, like the the precautions and the leeway that they give for wildlife to keep wildlife functioning right. up there. I hope that all these people that were pissed about what Sitka decided they wanted to say stand tough to what they said. Yeah. You know, and be so. like, you know what, fuck you. I'm not going to wear your shit anymore. If you're going to, you know... If you're going to take this standpoint, then I'm all set, you know? It happens a lot where people are like, five minutes go by and they're like, oh, I'm pissed, you know, this sucks. But, you know, two weeks later, they, you know, they're fully dressed again. I hope so. And it's not like, it's not just with like a clothing company, it's with lots of different things. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, you know, saying like, hopefully that all these people that have been like commenting and saying like, you know, fuck Sitka, you know, if you want to, you know, say shit like that. And it's not like, you know, like you have, you're obligated to go burn your shit, you know, like, cause no, I mean, the, but you know, it's like, uh, well, I'll, you know, I'll choose to freaking take my business elsewhere type of deal. Just in it, it's just freaking it's, it was totally, I don't know. So like, in, am I a walking political statement now? <laughs> I don't know. You haven't put your hat back on yet. <laughs> right? I was going to, as soon as you stepped out of the truck, I was like, we're going to have an interesting conversation. <laughs> no, but it, yeah, it's just, oh, it's freaking, and for a company that like make no bones about it, has exploited Alaska for profit for a lot of years. It just looks there. You know, all you get it to go is. Look at go to the airport during hunting season and I'm like all right, sicka, 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 oh, you sicka. Didn't even have to go to the airport. I was in Fred's today. It's like Sitka everywhere. Dude, well, well, lot aren't you of, freaking spreading the hunters. good words? <laughs> I had my wool jacket on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's you know, it's just such a super and it seems like a lot of these companies are growing the way of like, oh, like you know, who knows what kind of leadership changes some of these companies are making because I mean, like, 
not only Sitka Gear, but a lot of other companies, like good clothing, especially hunting clothing, is very expensive. And a lot of people spend their money because they're companies that, like, all right, this company kind of supports the same things I do and you know, they've kind of got our back and yeah. there's a big, big freaking divergence when, you know, like, I mean, I don't know how many outfitters are like piping up on that page. Like I, you know, freaking told everyone, like recommended your stuff to everyone and no more, you know, it's, it's, it's an issue for sure. So I don't know. I yeah. start. I everyone. Go I ordered out. a set of Stone Glacier pants. Buy Wranglers. <laughs> Buy Wranglers. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> they yeah, they support the oil companies. <laughs> right. They support Skull Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like at some point, like just freaking stick to clothing. You don't have to make some ecolo- ecological. Well, and you know, like all these pictures, like. One like the Aurora one, someone like I've seen someone research like figured out where the guy took it. It wasn't even in Anwar. Well, if there's trees, yeah. It, well, if there's the trees, it's not within 150 Aurora. miles of it. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's just why you know if you want if you if you decide your company like wants to take a stand on this, at least don't give misleading information. Be like, hey, we just don't think it should be touched. You know, okay, I disagree, but. You know, at least that's what it is. Don't make all these freaking arguments that are, are totally bullshit. And the people that see it every freaking day or, or, you know, for half their lives to, you know, on a two-week, three-week shift on and off, you know. You know, they may not be scientists, but a lot of scientists don't know what the fuck they're talking about either. You know, they're freaking textbook scientists. I don't know. I should probably shut up about that, but. <laughs> no, I mean, that's. <laughs> I think that's part of the part of the problem with with any of the information you get now. I mean, whether it has to do with food or nutrition or health. I mean, all the stuff that's going on. I mean, everybody's someone's opinion. Everybody's taking a stance, and it's like yeah. I don't. You know, I well, mean, that's the popular. It's like every whether you're freaking buying coffee or whatever. It's like, oh, well, this company, you know, they're supporting what I want. You know. Well, and, and there's and not anything necessarily wrong with that, but the amount of time that you have to take as a consumer, because I, I do mm-hmm. believe that it is as much our responsibility as it is the government's responsibility. I mean, yeah, we with our dollars, that's all they want is mm-hmm. they want our dollars. So where we spend our dollars mm-hmm. will dictate everything that kind of I shouldn't say that, but it's going to dictate a lot. And I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean. REI. I mean, do they do they support hunting? Fuck no, no. no. But at no. least they're honest about it. Sure, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But it's like you know, you look at uh, Beaver Sports, and I feel like a couple years ago, Beaver Sports. I I don't know if they they took on like a new. They started kind of accommodating to the hunting crowd a little bit more. I mean, I walked in there during moose season and they had this big moose target up oh, on yeah, their wall. Oh, yeah, you shoot the dart gun yeah. at and you could get like 30%, 40% Fucking off a, or right. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. And, you know, when, when REI first came to town, I thought, okay, great, simple, easy. It's on this end of town. Don't always have to drive around. And yeah. you start learning a little bit more about REI and, yeah. and just all this, whether it's Patagonia or, or whoever and, uh, it's sort of like just trying – for me, I think about just trying to keep my money local. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, locally owned businesses, 
And I guess you could yeah. say any business is employing locals to work there, but you know, it's but still lo- local. Yeah, lo- it's locals hard. Right. It's a What's tu- local, it's a tough one know? exactly because even like we talk a lot about Century Hardware. I and, fucking love yeah, that place. Yeah. Frontier you know, and I tried, yeah. I was there today yeah. and I bought a bunch of shit, you know, yeah. and the, that we need to go take take with us moose hunting. We got some white gas and a bunch of different stuff, but like you know, you go downstairs, it's a hardware store, you go on the you know, on the walk through the door on the left side, it's like hunting you go in the back it's rifles and stuff you go on the right side fucking patagonia and like all this other shit and it's like not to like talk down about going in there at all but like just what you were just talking about you know it's like these companies everybody's got to make money yeah but in the end where this money goes to like to the root of this corporation that's making this stuff. I mean, fucking Patagonia is made in Vietnam mm-hmm. for ten cents a jacket that sold for four hundred fucking dollars. Yeah. That would fucking stop you from hunting in Anwar and everywhere in this state, yeah, instantaneously if they could. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I had a Patagonia jacket that I wore for fucking yeah. years, yeah. cheap hunting. That I just retired a couple years ago, and because it was just beat up, and I was like, I'm fucking done with these people. I'm, you know, I yeah. bought it a long, long time ago. Literally, I bought a jacket like 18 years ago, and I traded it up like four times. And they're just like, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's mm-hmm. the newest one that's kind of like what you had. Do you tear holes in it or whatever? You tear you holes in it. Do whatever the fuck. And it's which great customer service. Mm-hmm. Yet what they support. In the long run, I was like, you know what? It's time to f- stop trading up and just buy something that is more me. Well, not, which that you Kifaru know, jacket in alignment with, made in yeah. like it's, it's even like exactly. all their shit's very compliant. Like it's all made in the U.S. In the and it's States, a bad exactly. Like it's yeah. a good jacket. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff. Like you know, and I wish that I could be like everything that I have is made in the United States, and everything that I have is like locally made and stuff but it's like what you're you know it's like you can only do so much before you're pissing away time money and energy to search out something that's like okay this is for me but like what have you wasted in the meantime you know yeah Yeah, and and hence you just get the the big posts i mean it's yeah you know the the lack of general discussion. There is a uh, there's a it's called it's a I don't know if you would call it a journal a book. It's called the Modern Huntsman. Oh, have you dude, heard of that? Yeah. We'll see because I yeah I've heard of it and I haven't looked at it, to be fair. So maybe, yeah, but well, <laughs> like my com- my comment to the oh, the sick gear post because I looked and I seen this dude like that Charles Post posted the same fucking pictures oh, doing yeah. the same shit and I've seen other posts where he's like posting like it's all everything about Alaska is super misleading and it's not fucking true mm-hmm. you know like a post saying that all you know the make the creation of Denali Park saved the doll sheep from market hunting when fucking Frank Glasser was market hunting after it was illegal but they had to do it because it was. It was like an exception because it was the only food source. He's market hunting off the rich highway, too. Yeah, he was market hunting off the rich highway. This is after the creation of Denali Park. And he's like, yeah, there's freaking nobody else doing this around here. There's fucking sheep everywhere. And that's not even counting 
the Wrangles, the Whites, the Brooks, the freaking Ogilvies, yeah, the Chugach, anywhere else. So, I mean, just like, like that dude fucking grinds my, you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> <laughs> what? So, what is this? The modern Huntsman. So it's it's called the modern the modern huntsman, and you know even as I was driving over here, you know you see all the the political signs and it's like either yes or no. Yeah, there's and no medium. There's no medium in in anything, and and to me, I find that really stressful. It's like Jesus Christ, can we just fucking talk about this? Yeah, like, no, we can't. <laughs> it, I I feel like I'm a teenager again, just being like, can can I go out tonight? Mm-hmm. I get a yes or a no. It, it was never a discussion in my house. Yes right. or no. That's that's it. Yeah. And and that's one of the things that it's just it's I find it to be exhausting. It's like yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, can we just actually have an open minded conversation, let everyone just kind of share their opinions and listen to them all the way through and then then we can kind of I don't know, just settle settle into our own thoughts a little bit about what what's right, what's wrong. I mean, I know my yeah. mind is a hunter. I mean, I was a grip and grin person for for a long time. And and still am. Still love that photo. Mm-hmm. And any animal I shoot or someone that I'm with, we're taking that photo and it's it's going up. Um but just my mind is a is a hunter and like what hunting is and you know, I feel differently wearing camo as an adult now than I did when I was a teenager. To me, it represents something different. Yeah. And we talk about that with our our American flag. And, and it's like, you know, so many times the perception of the type of people that have an American flag, there's usually a Confederate flag right next to it, or there's usually just, you know... That dep- that t- fully depends on where you are. Too, sure, sure, I sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I there's a lot of fucking American flags flying and it's full like Democratic states. Absolutely, hundred percent. We we have one in our own yard, and and so the discussion is like, are we are we a certain type of person because we have an American flag? And my thought is always no. I mean, I think we should all have mm-hmm. American flags outside of our house. Fuck yeah! And this is where you're at. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so I don't know. I mean, I I try well, like, not what, to get. Well, like, what do you think of that? Have you that modern huntsman? Have you have you like read it much? Or I is have. It, yep. Does it come like across as kind of a positive thing? Or cause I guess in my my bias, like and like totally bias. Where did, understanding who, some who of the people it? involved. Like, where does I don't this know come all, from? It, but some of the people involved is, is this I'm like, all oh, online this is like, or is this a magazine? It's or like what a is freaking, it appears to be like a pretty like high freaking falutin magazine. Like it just seems a little like beyond my like, my impression not having ever read it, which is to, to be fair, you know, it's just like, it's like, you know, I get, I've got the impression knowing like some of the people involved, like that dude. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't fucking need any to hear anything that dude has to say. But uh, I could be wrong. It's, you know, a little bit of bias to a little bit outdoor <laughs> life, a little bit of bias about. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, really, it's it's quite it's quite a beautiful publication, and yeah. and I think that, um, you know, their their latest one. I I mean, they're so. Thick 
that like you actually have to take time. You have to put it aside just sort of like a book. And there is a lot of information in there that you have to actually kind of comprehend. Like it's sure there's pictures and you can turn the pages and that's great. Um, I think for me, it's sort of, you know, this year having, having kids has sort of changed my perception as a hunter as well. Cause oh, it's, me too, yeah. it's no longer been just, I've always kind of hunted alone and it's been like, okay, let's go out and let's kill. Let's, mm-hmm. let's get this done. And it's always been all business. And so like last year at moose camp, I took a nap. We took naps in the middle of the day. I was like, this is not, this is totally new for me. Yeah. And so, holy shit, I pass out almost all the, every day sheep hunting in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I just thought that was part of it. <laughs> We've been doing this wrong. <laughs> but I think for me, you know, it's, it's opened up my mind as, as a hunter that it's not, um, I am more than just a hunter. So that was always like an identification for me. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, and, and sure, I mean, like wearing around my camo hat, I mean, I, I wear that hat 365 days a year unless I'm at a, a place where it's just not socially acceptable. Oh, then you wear something else and the hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Put a, put a tie around my yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, whether – whether it's um, regardless of what side, and, and there it is, a side. There's always a, a side. Oh, so for sure, you know, and and so I, I something like the modern huntsman. I try and look at it not as a side, but yeah. as something that I can just take something from and kind of maybe mm-hmm. adopt a little bit of that inside of me and and I do think that as as a whole I mean hunting we can still work on cleaning that up a little bit and for sure well the first thing when you mentioned modern huntsman the first thing that you said was you obviously knew someone that's either writing for or yeah and I, and I can't I just remember like some affiliate like seeing some affiliation and I think the freaking chick that like tried to chew my ass because I didn't freaking salvage grizzly bear meat was like part of part of one of the writers or something like that. So like I mean that's a bias. Somebody that's giving you shit about doing something that's totally fine. Yeah, and it make you know. I can well I can understand where that would piss you off. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and I've struggled with it too. You know, because obviously like we can all we. There's a certain amount of thoughtfulness, like there's a spectrum of like awareness, thoughtfulness of what we're doing, mm-hmm. what people are seeing, what we're showing people, you know, you could be the dude that just freaking got his F-250 stuck on the side of a freaking Tundra Hill, like trying to get his cow caribou the other day that... Yeah, that we watched. <laughs> no, I'm talking, like this is a new one, like out by chicken. Oh, different. Yeah, like nice. freaking full on, full size truck way off the road, you know, oh. just when you could cut the thing up and... Anyway... You know, you can be that guy, or you can be the whole, like, way overthink the shit. Like, there's, like, a whole right. spectrum, and maybe, you know, to be fair, like, you, you know, we got to find the right thing on the spectrum. I just get tired of the shit. Like, I don't have to be a fucking philosopher hunter. Like, mm-hmm. I like killing shit. I like eating meat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like 
doing this. You know, sometimes I'm like, I just don't Don't, want to overthink. I find a lot of time the fine line is this shit right here. And it's like people don't fucking get it. They're like, oh, well, if you want to go out and hunt meat, then how come you have to fucking have the head stuck on your wall? Like, because fucking five years after I freaking forgot about how the meat tasted, I can look up on my wall and be like, instantly say... I know, I remember every fucking step that I took when I harvested that ram. Every single bit about, like, memories fade away over the years. But when you can look up and see a ram or a moose or a whatever on your wall, you remember every fucking step, every little thing that happened Mm -hmm. on that hunt all the time in my mind. And I think that is so fucking cool. People are like, well, why don't you leave it? Well, if you're not into wasting, (laughs) if you're not into wasting shit, why would I just throw that on the side of the mountain? I mean, when it comes to rams, obviously, you have to take the horns out and have them sealed and all that kind of shit. But you could have them sealed and throw them in a fucking dumpster if you wanted to, you know? I mean, that's what it comes down to. But moose, you know, you could take all the meat and leave the whole thing laying right there. I was literally with a guy. That shot a moose, and we took the whole thing apart, got it into the canoe. We're taking it out to the main river to put it in a boat. And I was like, you can take the antlers? And he's like, why? I don't need the antlers. And I was like, why not? I was like, why would you leave them there? And he's like, well, what am I going to do with them? And I was like, everything. (laughs) I was like, you can use them to, like, they were small. It was a small bull, you know? I was like, you can use them to, like rake next year when you're moose hunting you can use them to make a knife handle you can use those to put on a little plaque and put it in your garage or put it in wherever and screw every to time you screw it to your woodshed you your can friends. cut it into pieces for yeah. dog treats for your yeah. dogs like this guy was a musher you know i was like there's i could go on and on and on and give you a thousand reasons not to leave those laying right there i was like mm-hmm. do you think that when natives shoot shit they leave everything laying there. I was like, think this is all useful. The entire yeah. animal is useful. And this whole perception of like, oh, you're a trophy hunter. And you're the only reason you're shooting animals. Like the first thing people think is like, oh, you want to keep the antlers. Or you want mm-hmm. to keep the horns or whatever. Is, you're a trophy hunter. It's like, fuck that. I want to eat that thing. But I want to remember hunting it and eating it. And that's a difficult conversation Which, to have. That's over... seventeen years old, like, and same thing. There I it mean, is. I can remember. Right. You know, you can freaking... remember. if that wasn't there, if you didn't have any of that shit, would you like look up there and be like, "Well, maybe you would. Maybe you got a fucking steel trap for a brain." But I don't know. There's a lot of moose over the years that you know. I don't know what the fucking antlers. Mm-hmm. Are gone and I, you know, it's like they just blend together. Like if I mm-hmm. think hard enough, like oh, yeah, I remember. But shooting you look at that the one bolt. on the garage and you remember that every single yep. time. Yep. Yeah. Well, like you know, I mean, I even put that. No, go ahead, Jason. Oh, I, I was just gonna say. I mean, that's that's a hard conversation. Like that's a hard emotion to relay mm-hmm. unless you're actually like sitting down with somebody having just like an honest conversation. And I I think so many things get lost over the internet or putting a sign out on your lawn or something, things like that. And and that's, 
um, so tying it back into the modern huntsman, I mean, I think what that does is, for me, I hope the idea of it, regardless of what they say, who who's writing it, mm-hmm. what their biases may or may not be. Um, and there's actually a lot of stuff in there from other countries. So it actually has... Oh, nice. There's more stuff from other countries than there is actually North America, which is mm-hmm. fascinating. Oh, yeah. And so, you know... To just sort of begin to open that conversation, that I think is one of the things. I mean, we hear it all the time on other podcasts, and you see it all over the place. And and I I don't want to lose some of like the great things about hunting too, which are I mean, we love big animals. I mean, the bigger mm-hmm. the bigger, oftentimes the better, and the more action we see, and the better the shot, and you know, all those things are hard to convey and they may not be for everybody, but how we have those conversations is just so, the, the time and the energy that it takes, whether we're talking about Anwar, Sitka, Aria, any of the things that we believe in. Trophies. <laughs> Trophies, yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. It's it's a tough one. I, I don't know. I mean. I, I'm building a garage right now and... You want moose antlers? My girlfriend. Oh, he's got. No. He's got. <laughs> oh, I already have moose antlers, but he's got an exterior I, wall that needs nice. about five big sets of moose antlers. On yeah. It. My girlfriend Carrie and I are building this garage together, and I immediately called the back room, which is technically it's going to be a guest room. Mm-hmm. You know, for her parents, my parents, you know, her family to come and stay with us, or my family. But I instantly called it the trophy room. Mm-hmm. And she was like, fuck that. It's not the trophy room. And I was like, why? She's like, well, let's call it the game room. And I was like, Ugh. so immediately I was like, hackles up. You know? yeah, I was like, like God yeah. damn it. You know, I'm yeah. not a trophy hunter, but I was like, I want to call it the trophy room. You yeah. Know? But yeah. <clears throat> so time went by and of course we continually now. So I'm like. Well, I'm gonna have my mom send me like a little soccer soccer trophy from when I was in like <laughs> sixth grade or something, where I was like, "Oh, you're number one, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're like the best goalie there, or whatever the <laughs> fuck I was doing." I was like, "And I'm gonna put that in there and be like, see, it's a trophy room." Yeah, but she's well like, played, it can be, sir. Can be the game room, <laughs> you know. And I was like, "God damn it! I just want to call it the trophy room. It's not which." I'm very far from that. Sure. But for some yeah. reason, I'm just like, in my mindset, I'm like, well, the trophy room is going to have a bunch of fucking dead animals hanging in it. But it could also be a game room, you know? Yeah. Put a pool table in there. Shit. Do whatever the hell you want to. We could play Monopoly once You're- every 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Get your Xbox. <laughs> I ain't going to go that far. <laughs> I'd rather play freaking Scrabble. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> But, yeah, I don't know. There's just so many, and it was what you're saying, you know. It's like to each each person has their own way of looking at it, and that conversation is long. And that conversation is long with each individual, Yeah, you know. No matter how you look at it, you're going to have to have a long fucking talk with everyone about, like, I am far from a trophy hunter. I've never... You know, my entire yeah. life I've never shot a trophy. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. like can you know, which is like Pope and Young or Boone and Crockett or any of that kind of shit. You know, yeah. it's like 
I'm not all about that. I'm, I mean, realistically in my head and the way I was brought up and the way I like it is I like to eat game meat, mm-hmm. but I'll keep coming back to the same thing is I like to remember that time that I had yeah. and I do like having animals that are hanging on the wall to look at mm-hmm. and it helps me in my in my mind to like remember everything that happened during that hunt you know absolutely yeah i mean i've i've saved every you know i've got a pile of whitetail antlers back home and and you know it's it's funny because the uh the guy that i go moose hunting with he refers to everything as a trophy yeah everything is a trophy nice every because it is I mean, and he doesn't even know what what you're hunting. He's, did you get your trophy this year? You know, and it's like, I, I've never heard anyone kind of refer to just any animal whatsoever. Doesn't matter. Because you know, they are. Like They're that. all trophies. They yep. Every single one. Yeah. You shoot a fucking hare. Yeah. Trophy. Yeah. Done. Yeah. We had dinner tonight. Yeah. Trophy. Yeah. <clears throat> trophy. Yep. Friggin' That's the, really cool to hear, out on like. My, that's a totally different perspective too. That every single animal is a trophy. Yeah, doesn't matter I, I what it. or yep. you know how big, how small, anything. Yep. Yeah, like the perception of that just get is. Oh, I guess blown out of proportion well, so quickly and yeah. so easily. You know, and I, you know, it, it, I just like to utilize as much as possible. And when it comes to these fucking sheep. You can bring your, you can bring the hide out of the backcountry and sell it. Yeah, you know, we did that this year because Ethan just wanted to do a uh, a European mount, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, the cape's coming. I don't. Yeah, I'll put it in the freezer <laughs> like, and tan our, it. I've already cut it apart and like, yeah, taking it down. Yeah, I've sold mine the last th- three years four. four? Was it four? No, I only have 16, three sheep. 17, so yeah, 18. four. I've sold four now yeah. in a row. Well, because you're still tra- seven, traded, seven, traded, right? and sold. Either traded it for other taxidermy work or mm-hmm. sold. But I mean, they're val. It's valuable. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people get wrecked sheep capes. And yeah. Yeah, and it's really not that much extra weight, you know, at least for a shoulder cape, you know. Yeah. I have yet to pack out a life life size. But uh I keep being told to though. I keep being told to, <laughs> but then you when you're in the moment you're like, Fuck this. Yeah. All the old John shirts has <laughs> been did you see the video last year? No, no. <laughs> His buddy they shot a freaking nice ram and uh they did like John's like does these funny videos, <laughs> and he's it's like yep we've got a nice doll sheep here and it's all like caped out and everything like the skull sitting there and you know now we've taken this cape nice and folded up and what you do you take that and you throw it as far as you can because it's too <laughs> fucking heavy to pack off the <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no yeah well that's what I did this year too you know like I. Traded traded a cape against outstanding tax dermy debts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's exactly where I'm at too. Same thing. It's like last year sold, this year outstanding tax dermy debt. And uh, yeah, the doctor does a pretty bang up job on the 
skull skull cleanup. So a little bit of cape prep for or bearskin prep. I don't know. It all yeah, ends out in the end. exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple of sheep that I got to deal with this year. Still, did you get beetles or something? No, how do you do it? I just I uh, I cook them. You cook them. I'll, yeah, I steam them. I keep the uh, horns out of the water, and I just steam them like real low simmer mm-hmm. until you know. I don't. It doesn't take but a few hours. I've done it both ways. I've done it where I put the whole head with the horns and everything on them in a uh, trash bag, mm-hmm. and I seal it up real tight, and then I put it in a tote so like no bugs or anything can get in there. And just let it rot. Yeah, and it takes maybe a month. Through I don't know, three and a half weeks to a month, mm-hmm. and you can pull it out and just be like, dunk, 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 and knock the knock the horns come right off the off the skull. Yeah, but it darkens the horns inside the bag with all that rot mm. and shit. There's like mold gets on there and everything. Yep. And I did one like that, and they never like lighten back up to where mm-hmm. they looked when you actually harvested the yep. animal. So the last few years, like that one and the last two that I've done for myself I did I got a pot that I can put them in I had a pot and I lost it and then I've been taking your the yeah that, that, I did that give you that back, steel right? pot that okay. you have yeah and it's narrow enough so you can put the head in there and it'll like start steaming and cooking the meat off mm-hmm. and it'll that steam gets up in there and loosens everything you know and in a few hours you can knock on it both the, the uh, horns will fall off and then you just throw the whole fucking skull right in there and cook it for a while. And I got a wire brush and I got a n- couple of different knives that I use. And I got a spoon that I cut that I can start pulling the brain and stuff out with. And then once I do that, I, I'll, I'll, towards the last hour or whatever, I will um, put a bunch of soap in to start the degreasing okay. while it's actually cooking. Yep. And then. After that, I'll take them out of that once that's done, and I just put them in water with tons of soap, like really like donned up okay. soap, and I'll change that a few times and let it just soak in the water for month, month and a half, sometimes two months. It just depends. And take it out of there, and you can start to tell all of a sudden there's like not as many like greasy spots on them, on mm-hmm. the skull. And I got this little cooler that I use to put them in. I can do a couple of sheep heads. Right now I have a couple of bear skulls from this spring that are in there yep. degreasing. Um, and then I get those bleach kits. They're just like, uh, you get them, I order them on Amazon. Um, Is it like I the don't know what paste, the like the brush name. on type you of stuff? Mix, and then you... It's like a bleach powder and you mix it with hydrogen peroxide until mm-hmm. it's like a ketchup consistency. And you paint it onto the skull. And I typically don't... I try to keep the teeth dark. I don't know. I always like... For some reason, a lot of skulls are like the teeth are bleached out. Everything's bleached out. I like the teeth dirty. Yeah. So I never paint it on the teeth. But I paint it all on there and I keep it on a piece of cardboard. And the next day, you just like... I have a toothbrush in my kit that I scrub it all off with. And then I take it outside with an air nozzle and blow it all off. If it doesn't look like I want it to, I'll bleach it again another yep. night and leave it sit. But it literally takes 24 hours once you put that on there, mm. that paste on there. Mm-hmm. And then you blow it off. And I actually keep, I retain all that paste. And you can do like three or four bleachings with that stuff if you keep it each time. And uh, yeah, 
Like, Once the skull's actually done, sometimes the horns don't fit back on. You have to cut the core off the skull a little bit to get it to fit back on perfectly. Um, but I take... Uh, it's like because the horns have like expanded a little bit with that steam yeah, and well, then they, popped off. And and the the, cold, well, yeah. the horns shrink a little yeah. bit when they dry out. And yep. then, the you know, and everything else has been like shrunk down and whatnot. But um, I'll take silicone... And, I mean, this is like, I don't know, if taxidermists listen to this, they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, you know? But I take silicone, and I'll do, like, on the core where it goes up into the horn here, Yeah, I'll do, like, stripes of silicone. And then I take that one-minute quick-drying epoxy, Mm -hmm. and I, like, put it inside the horn, and I put it on the core, and then I stick one on. And I will give it the minute and a half, two minutes, three minutes, holding it like yep. right where it should Tight. be. And I'll like look at it and be like, it can move a little bit, but I'll like look at it and be like, okay, this is right, this is straight, yep. and everything's like perfect. And I'll hold it there until it's settled, and then I know that that silicone is like within ten or twelve hours is going to be like solid, and like yep. hold that right on there. And then I'll switch and I'll do the other side and put the other horn on. But the way I look at it is like by doing that, there you go, down further. If you really wanted to get those off, you could take those off there again. Whereas what Skip told me was like, oh, you bondo those things right on there. And I was like, oh, shit. Once you put bondo on there, it's like. It's never coming off. Holy hell. And I can see where he would use that, you know, for his mounts and everything. But I was like, "Eh, I don't know. I really, when I did my first one, I was like, I wanted it to sit. So I could just pull the horns off and be like, check these out, and then put it back on. But they're so oddly, the weight is so oddly distributed on a fucking ram's head that to have it either. They won't just sit. They won't, right? like, even hanging like that, they wouldn't say. And I put all mine on, like, skull hooks where they're, like, you can swing it around. It's, like, on mm-hmm. a little pivot, and it the hook goes back into the skull, into okay. the brain cavity. Yeah. And then, like. It's got the little pins on each side that hold it up, and I tried that too, and they just don't. The horns won't stay on there, so yeah. I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to find someday. I'll find some minor, you know, deadhead somewhere, and I'll have some horns that I can just like look at." But yeah. minor, basically, f- a Jeremy Rudsink special. How like goat hunting one time? Kodiak staying in town. He let we stayed in his place, and he had a goat skull where. So I did steal the idea from him. He had a wire coat hanger with a loop like that with tabs bent out. You could squeeze them together and stick them in the atlas joint. Um, and it would pop back out and hold. And that's what holds and it on so there. And so then you just, like that goat skull, you just that's what that is. You know, you just hang it on a nail. And the sheep skull, there's little holes on either side of the atlas joint. I don't think I had to drill that one. And I just ran wire through. So I got a wire loop sticking out of the atlas joint that I just hang it on a screw on the wall. The moose that I have hanging in my house is like a, one of those J hooks, the bike hooks for your garage, like yeah. screw mm-hmm. in that I've like cut, 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 keep cutting it back until it's like, okay, and you screw that in. It's like, oh, yep, sits yep. perfect. It's <laughs> yeah, like, nice. keep cutting like quarter inch off at a time until it's like, yep, that sits exactly where I want it. Yeah. Well, I like tell like <clears throat> this moose I got out here, the biggest moose I've killed to this day. First big game animal I ever killed. He, uh, and that, that skull mounts where they like filled, like filled the brain cavity with Bondo and jammed a piece of all thread in there. 
And that's how it's... And then it's, like, know. secured to the plaque through that. That's genius, Which yeah. is very smart, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always just cut everything right out of the skull. Just Skull plated it? Yeah, I've never, yeah. never done a European mount. And my first sheep, you know... I didn't. I didn't want to mount it because I didn't want it on the wall. I wanted to be able to just walk up and yeah. take take and the thing off it. and yeah. fondle it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like how much? Yeah, and especially the first one. Like how much time you spend just like just holding them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. if I could stuff these things in my sleeping bag with me, I would. Yeah. Well, I have the horns from this year. It's just sitting out in the garage, and I go out there every time that I'm working on the garage, which is almost every day. Yeah. Uh, I got mine in the freezer. I didn't feel like doing ex- excessive cleaning jobs, so they're a little stinky. But, I mean, I I think I skull ca- – I don't know when I stopped because I used to carry a saw to actually, mm-hmm. like, skull cap stuff in the field. Yep. And I finally was just like, you know what? I carry this saw in and out. Like, why don't I – you know, I'll just freaking cut the jaw – cut the lower jaw off mm-hmm. and, I mean – Usually it's back at camp, like, you know, we'll cape, I'll cape the head, like our system right. for clean and cheap, you know, I'll start cutting and making cup, you know, cape cuts. And then as soon as I knock a shoulder off, he's deboning yep. and running back and forth and, you know, I'm knocking stuff off and he's deboning. And then usually about the time, like I'm skinning the head, he's like finishing the deboning. So, I mean, you know, it's, it works pretty well, but, uh. Usually we just take the jaws off at camp unless we like are sitting in the sunshine or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I yeah I've just been packing the for a couple yeah a few years I think packing out the so skulls like, like that between sixteen and eighteen pounds without the lower jaw without like flesh on still brain in there mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. It's like sixteen to eighteen pounds, which. And you're like fucking counting ounces on the way in. Yeah, and all of a sudden yeah. you're like. Fucking crisis headways. Yeah. 18 pounds. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So no saw anymore. But, uh, and, you know, ones that I was getting mounted before, I, uh, I just packed the skull out and then skull cap them as soon as I got home because it's a little easier to clean up and keep them stinking. Yeah. This one, I don't really want to put the effort in to, like, let it dry out and then stop smelling. No, keep it in the freezer. It's fine. It's easier yeah. for me to. Yeah, that's when you don't put I, salt on them. The horns come off easier. Yeah, a lot easier. Yeah, and also if you skin, like get the skin under the horn, like under the edges of the horns. When yeah, you cape them like a lot of people. You'll see like holding their sheep's, you know, heads or skulls, and they there's got a lot the skull of plates. Hair. And you know, if there's a line of hair right there, you got like. Not half an inch, you know, like a solid quarter inch of skin underneath the... Yeah, you can really take that knife and twist it up in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's really cool is, I mean, they're hair. Yeah. Yep. And even that, that's been through steam, through bleach, through everything, and there's still hair. Like, you can see, like, I mean, that's what it is, you know? When you get down to that, like, fine base, and you actually, if you, like, hold that shit and look at it, like, a few inches away, you're like... You can see like all the individual lines and everything and you get an idea on why they look all the way out at the end the way they do you know yeah they're such <clears throat> cool animals that's amazing yeah 
we talk a lot about sheep hunting on the podcast, but there's a reason for it. Yeah. yeah. No, they're the coolest animal on the planet as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Well, anyway, man, I don't know. What else is there? Moose, We've been rolling moose for a shooting. while now. Moose shooting. We're going to go shoot some moose. Yep. That's going to be glorious. The nice thing about, like, about, like, our camp, even if we shoot one early, like, we'll be good even if there's ways we'll be good even if it's not, like, great hanging weather. So it's going to be. We're sitting in an Arctic oven. We're going to be sitting in an Arctic wood oven. Stove. Cooking bacon and eggs and sausage and. Next to a fire. Next to a fire, yep. yeah. I mean, and that's, like, that's huge. The yep. last time I hunted out there, like, I think it would have been better if, if uh, you know, if the weather had been better, obviously, you know, more conducive to call. And, like, it was just rainy and warm and windy. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, you know, who gives a fuck if you go out and get soaked in the morning? You come back 10, 30, 11 o'clock to your Arctic oven throw a couple logs on the fire and hang your clothes up and go take a nap, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, just for, and and we were having to go so far, like, we'd have to go out there to hunt in the morning and then come back at night, you know. So you're having to get up, you're getting back to the cabin at, like, freaking 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and then getting up at 4.30 in the morning, 5.30, you know, or 5 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning just to get out there at the crack of dawn and then it's not, it's too far to go back during the day, you know, so you just have no rest. You just drain. Yeah. 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 It's going to be, it's going to be good. But, uh, yeah, we'll end up wrapping this up. We may, I say, may have a t-shirt or two design coming. We'll see. That's in the works. What I need to do, and I, you know, like we, I've, mentioned this idea but i think i have it fully fleshed out now is don't overthink it no no overthinking (laughs) but we need to get some like some some dr schultz sayings and i'm thinking because i mentioned like we'll get like you know like the old like elixir elixir labels you know the old like cowboy days like elixir labels we'll have a picture of frank with a he's got to have a monocle (laughs) and Must and then, like, feel like I'm 80. Doc, <laughs> like, Dr. Schultz's elixir. And, yeah, Wolf. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, we can hash that out. <laughs> we can, ha- we got moose season to hash that out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Jason, for coming by, man. We'll have to do it again. Awesome. Like, Catching up, Jason. It's yeah, been a long time you, since I've, I mean, I've only spoken like 10 words with you in the past or whatever yeah. it was, <laughs> like 15 minutes in the gas station, but. <clears throat> that was good yeah. but yeah man well yeah we'll have to do it again definitely on a on a shorter a shorter time period than t- whatever how long it's been since i talked to you mm-hmm. the room's not spinning yet but you should, pretty good you should, so you should <laughs> yeah come by anytime to do yeah. podcasts it's yeah absolutely good times cool well so, good luck fellas no yeah, we'll take all we can get yeah congratulations to your yeah. son on the ram yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, if you uh, like, if you like the podcast, appreciate it if you leave a good review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. And if you feel the feel so inclined to support the podcast, you can do that at uh, 
patreon.com slash Thunder Talk. Thanks for listening, everybody, and tune in next time.